Oh, um, wow. People are showing up. Uh, what do you want to talk about? I know. We can talk about Belgians. We can talk about uh, barbecue. We can talk about short and shoddy. We can talk about um, seeing the majesty of Alex's head in person. Uh, we can talk about... I mean, I'm just saying, it's not as majestic. <laughs> Doesn't have quite the glow. We can talk bad geology puns. At least 30. Pretty Pretty good gossip on, on uh, Jordan we can talk about. Uh, he's here. sick. That's all I got. Allegedly. Allegedly. I mean, he was pretty gung-ho. But he warned, in his defense, he warned me several days ago, which could either work for him or against him, because he told me on Sunday. So it's like, either that means he actually is sick and he was feeling really bad, or he was like leading up to, I'm totally going to ditch you guys. I got a paid gig somewhere. But we're going to try to get him back later this year, right? Like maybe next month. Uh, we have penciled him in for November 11th, I think, which I think is a Thursday. Uh, I think that's a Saturday, actually. Oh, no. Hang on. November... I think you, you might have said the 9th. May the 9th. I think it's the yeah. 9th. 9th is yeah. a Thursday. Yeah, awesome. the yeah I'm on a town on Saturday, so that'll be good. Good, because I'm going to... I'm supposed to be... Actually, I'll probably be done deer hunting, but I'm supposed to be deer hunting all that week. So. Yeah, it seems like, at least from the people that have done the survey so far, that Thursday is when most people are free anyways. And uh, tacos apparently are superior to sandwiches, according to uh, the 45 or so people. And uh, only 40% of people thought that hot dog is a sandwich. And that's, as I told Frank earlier, very disappointing. So It's not true. It's not a sandwich. And Frank would be an expert. Totally a sandwich. <laughs> I'm not listening to somebody that tugs on boats. That's all I'm saying. Um, I don't tug on boats. I boat on tugs. Hey, tacos. Tomato. It's a taco. <laughs> a right. hot dog, it's a taco. Uh, what business do we want to discuss since I didn't prepare very well for this? I didn't either. Well, uh, Trevor does have something uh, to announce, right? Do I? I don't know. Something that might be in the shot. Oh, those? <laughs> those over there? Dramatic That's what music plays. <laughs> Let me go find out what's back here. Uh, so I'll be sending out a survey later tonight, uh, probably just now. But um, I've been printing some things that look cool. You've probably seen me wear them in various pictures that I leak now and then. I've had these for a little while. I've been testing out a few different online print companies. Um, and we're going to start off a design contest again, uh, this time for T-shirts. So I'll be sending out a survey uh with details on how to get involved in that if you want to put some creative juices that aren't being put into beer into beer branded apparel um shoot my way um and hit me up and we'll get uh we'll get some some cool stuff going nice i expect to have probably we'll leave we'll leave open design for like a month uh probably so mid-november i'd want to close it and do um, a vote amongst the learned brewers on which is the best style 
Um, so it's kind of internal competition as well. Um, and then mm, release probably the web store to be able to order t-shirts uh, around the new year timeframe, sometime in December around the holidays. That's kind of the idea. Yeah, is that the uh, print the, shop? Uh, group that, uh, Club Speedos, oh. those are still on the way too, right? <laughs> and, and as a designer, you are f feel free to choose any. Uh, we're using Printful uh, for this time around. Um, after a couple testing rounds I've done with various online print shops, uh, print on demand, we're not doing inventory. I don't want to have Haven have to package everything and deal with the cost of of storing millions of T-shirts probably in my basement that I then have to send to Haven to like last mile bike them to your house we don't want to do that um so we're doing print on demand and that means as an artist you can choose pretty much any of the products in their catalog that you want to put up for a vote on um and all we can be clever like they have things like phone cases and whatnot if you want to start going down that route we can um and i'll try to do a competition between each individual like same type of apparel so if four of you want to do a design for like lab coats go ahead um, really what I want to get is a general use thing, like a t-shirt, but if you want to go all out on a hoodie or a lab coat or something like that, um, feel free to do that as well. Yeah. And I assume that the design for this t-shirt can be a little more complicated than what we'd be able to print on a glass. Absolutely. Say if somebody, so Absolutely. say if someone wanted to do the like a graffiti design or something. What quality is like. So I just use the same, like this is the Brutron logo. Um, and the other one was the average brew logo that was done. Um, I don't have, I never printed the uh, brew club logo that was on glassware. Um, I never printed that on a shirt, uh, but I could put up a, a concept of what that would look like. Um, the web store will also have some other goodies that I haven't talked about yet. Um, I'll leave those as surprises for December. Um, Learned's might get an early preview to that one. Um, so another perk there. Um, I don't think I have anything else, but there's the form. Go crazy with it if you wish. Um, there's guidelines and rules in it uh, along what we can do, expect, expectations to file sizes, file types, transparency, all that jazz. Um, it's in, where did I put it? Team chat. That's all the group business I had. Alex Haven, did you have anything? Uh, nothing in particular. I don't know if we want to plant the seed for Bruce Santo or we're pretty familiar about how that all works. Yeah, um, I'll go ahead and plug it because I probably need to get started on that sooner than later because um, I need to make, a, I'm going to try to do a form and be all official this year um, and that way we can make sure I get all the data the first time versus the ping me with this information that inevitably I'll only get partial stuff. But Bruce Santa, it's kind of like a secret Santa where you're going to send beer to someone and then someone totally random is going to send beer to you. And we're somehow all going to wind up with beer in boxes at our houses and celebrate at our December meeting by drinking and talking about all the beers that we received. So um, it's kind of uh, it's fun because even if you get somebody from North Dakota shipping you beer, because I try to be intentional about how geographically disparate people are like I'll try not to pair up. Uh, Craig and Alex again, but maybe they, they, they're best friends now. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of like to just driving over and dropping off a box personally. <laughs> That's way easier <laughs> than shipping. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I usually try to do geographically disparate areas. So, and, and what's cool is, is like, there's probably some brewery in no name, North Dakota, and it, you'll get beer from there and you'll get to say, I drink beer from this no name brewery in North Dakota, which is pretty rad. 
Um, and so I always try to make it like local stuff that you can't just like buy in a store somewhere or, you know, so that's always pretty fun. And, or you can send homebrew, uh, as well. Or I usually do a combination thereof where I'll package a couple of homebrews and then maybe send a commercial beer or two just depends on how uh, frisky you're feeling. So there's no, no, no desire to buy beer or just do commercial or homebrew only. You can do mix and match, whatever you want to do. It's really just about the spirit of drinking. I mean, giving. Uh, and then what else we got? Uh, surveys live. If you haven't taken our survey, please go take our survey. It helps us make the club better, but most people on here, I think, have taken the survey. But look, I can drop it in a chat, and it'll it'll go there, just like uh, you know Trevor's thing. So, and then if you want to get in on uh, Brew Club experiments. Um, if I'm being, if I'm leveling with y'all right now, we're having kind of a fun thing because used to we were doing uh, it on Thursdays, but now that the Brewlosophy show and Hop Chronicles, Short and Shoddy, and those other series are alternating every other Thursday, there's like a little bit fewer spaces. So I'm trying to work with Marshall to squeeze a few in, um, but still interested in content. What it may end up doing is subbing in on a Monday here or there, and in place of a normal experiment, which would be cool. But that's still up in the air. But uh, but just to level with you all, that's what's going on there. Because I know I've got a couple of experiments in, and we're just trying to find room on the schedule to put in. Because when the Brewlosophy show moved to Thursdays and alternating, we stacked up on Thursday content for months, which is great. I just got to brew more experiments. Yeah. Cool. What else? Um, uh, I guess we might be. Uh, yeah, this isn't a huge deal, but I, I think I would imagine around Thanksgiving we'll be. Uh, kind of reminding people about 2024 dues uh, just for simplicity's sake and organizational sake. We'll probably be trying to collect dues uh, throughout December for everybody who's already a paid member. So I guess just keep an eye out for that. I'm sure you guys will see it, though. Yeah, and most people are game for contributing at least $1,000 uh, a, a month to the brew club. So, I mean... So far, according to the survey results, that was a write-in result too. Yeah, yeah that, that was. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know what we would do with that kind of money. We, we'd be the NFL at that point. We Just know imagine the equipment we could give away if we had that amount of money. Yeah, you it's all true. get a new brewing system every month. Congratulations. Yeah. And here's your, here's your jacketed fermenter for every other month of the year. Figured we just have Haven working double time. Yeah. And by the way, the shirt thing's disappointing because it's not really a brew club shipping thing unless Haven has to deliver it by hand. That's all I'm saying. Not even gonna say anything. So it's just affiliated with the brew club, you know. Yeah, just affiliated. Cool. Um. So I haven't prepared much because Jordan told me. Wait, what was that? Did I hear my name? Uh, yeah, dude, you're awesome. Way to go. Oh, sweet. Awesome. Sorry, I'm setting mouse traps. Cool. <laughs> Maybe keep your mic off then. <laughs> oh, okay. Sounds In case good. there's a squeak. I can't wait for it to hit his finger and hear him cussing, but whatever. <laughs> uh, cool. Um, so I, I didn't really know that that Q&A was dropping this week for the Velocity, uh podcast. And I did talk about Belgians there, so maybe this isn't a great topic to talk about, or maybe it's something y'all listen to it already and want to talk about, or maybe none of you listen to it and I can just talk about whatever the hell I want. 
Uh, other things we can talk about, uh, since I didn't prepare very much anyways, we can talk about short and shoddy methodologies if you want to talk about that. Uh, talk about beard care. Um, Tristan may be interested to share his opinions on beard care along with me. Um, Frank's is too short to care. Uh, Brent, sorry, you're kind of in a similar boat. And then Trevor, <laughs> are you even there? I mean, really. Am I where? I'm here. You're yeah. there. So for, forehead, <laughs> Trevor, Trevor with uh, with forward lighting. That's what he's gonna talk about lighting in the in the brew brew club. So um, so if y'all have opinions, speak up now. Otherwise, I'm gonna start talking about my favorite Belgian styles and how I like Those to brew. Those Belgians, you seem to be really into that. I just want to say I don't have a hazy today. This is not a hazy. Just, just hazy. put it out there. It's it's a dry hop hells. So um, most of you already know uh, Belgians. We break it down. There's a uh, an ankle, a double, a triple, and then like the strong dark, which I call a quad, just because I think it sounds way cooler than saying BSD all the time. Because who knows what the hell that means? Um, if I'm honest, the the ankle or isn't also a Patters beer. Am I making that up? Um, yeah, right. whatever you say. Yeah, you're gonna I mean, it might be somebody. a. I mean, I think it might be a single in the in the BJCP style guidelines. I might call it a single, right? Yeah, well, it's my least favorite, so I'm going to talk the least about it, because I've made about two of them. I don't like them that much. I like big, bold Belgian, if I'm going to drink Belgian Trappist styles, so um, I don't really, I've made two. They turned out fine, but they're, it's not, it's not my thing. I, I can see Alex cringing. I knew. Yeah, you're breaking my heart, but all right. I, it's just not my thing. Um, maybe, maybe somebody send me one and change my mind, and, and it'll be mind-blowingly, but I've, I've made a few singles. I've had a few. Um, it's just not my thing. I'm definitely more into the stronger Trappist Dales, like the doubles, uh, triples, and quads. And um, and and I have a lot of experience brewing those styles. Um, I'm a big fan of it. And so uh, we can break this down. I'll let y'all pick. I really don't care. Uh, you know, we got hops, water, fermentables, and yeast. So who wants to talk about what first? Kind of broadly, I'm curious. Uh, do you approach belgians from a pretty broad sense or do you tend to view doubles triples quads very individually because i know some uh, people view a a quad as just you know a beefed up double i'm curious about what you think about that so um i think of them as a little bit differently although i do think you could probably take a double recipe and all you do is add like another pound or two of sugar and just make it a quad um but because of that uh difference i yeah, thanks. We'll do a, a average brew Q1 Belgian Bond. There we go. Perfect. We'll finally have to make a good one for himself, or he'll just skip it. Uh, now, um, but I, I tend to think of uh, doubles as having a little bit more body, uh, being a little bit maltier, having a little more, um, I don't know, I don't know, lack of thickness. Whereas I like, you know, I, I think of quads as being a little bit boozier. So I think there's. Um, the things that I think play the most into separating out a double and a quad in my mind is because of that extra sugar. Cause really a lot of it's just adding a ton more sugar in my, in what I do anyways, like maybe I'm doing like a, a pound of candy syrup or sugar for a double and I'm probably doing three pounds for a quad. Um, but that extra, it gives a slightly different mouthfeel cause it thins it out. It gives it more alcohol and it also, um, I think you get different yeast characters as a result as well, just because the the yeast reacts differently. So, um, but that's that's my opinion. But I do. Um, are you, any of y'all Rochefort fans? No. Brett Brent's a Rochefort fan, of course. Mm -hmm. 
It's like, I, like I think uh, I think Saint Bernard is probably my favorite Belgian Belgian brewery, but. Well, for this example, Rochefort has a six, an eight, and a ten. And if I'm being honest, like the difference between their six, eight, and ten does seem to be like just um, the six, uh, the ten, the eight seems like kind of like a watered down version of the ten, and the six seems like a watered down version of the eight. Um, but they all drink a little differently. And I found that if I start with six and then work my way up, I'm fine. If I start with ten and try to work my way down, I can't do it. Like it's just not. My, my my taste buds are too activated, and it just it does taste watered down at that point. But I don't know. Again, is that because of booze? Is that because of something else? Um, but when I drink, think of double like West Mall's double, it definitely I think presents maltier and a little fuller bodied than um, some of their other some of the other quads out there. So do you, do you adjust your water profile between the styles, or do you keep a a single Belgian water profile? Uh, that's a great question. Let me look at what I do for my water profile. Um, I think I might go a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Yeah. I uh, just, just a little shake. Em. Uh, shake them right. Uh, under. I, I think, um, my Cora disulfide ratios are very similar. I think what I kind of do though, um, are you, are you starting with RO, RO though, or are you a tap water base? So I've done both. Typically with triple, though, I'm going to start with RO. For whatever reason in my head, it's a cleaner kind of crisper thing. And so I'm starting with RO, and I'm treating my water from there. Um, it's really weird. So uh, if you've read Brew Like a Monk, they talk about West Mall, which is a big Trappist brewery. And they actually have the lab that supports the other Trappist breweries in Belgium and then the Netherlands as well. Uh, and so they talk about their water profile. Hey, shipping bitch, mute your mic. I did it for you. Okay. Uh, so so the their water profile, they say, because um, if you go to Antwerp, they have a lot of, um, it's, it's kind of a lot of bicarbonate in their water. It's very much limestone basin. And so uh, they actually say, oh, yeah, we use the water there, but we, we treat it some way. So I don't know. They may be blending RO in with their uh, normal water. And so when I've used my tap water, which is, uh, limestone aquifer water. It's super heavy in bicarbonate, similar to like Antwerp. I will typically take, you know, if I'm doing like a five gallon batch, I'll put two gallons like RO or distilled in there just to kind of bring the, the content down a little bit. But um, these days, mostly I build up from RO. I'm, I don't really care about bicarbonate as much, um, but I'm definitely favoring sulfite in my, and for whatever reason, um, I think because of the water profile in this quad that I'm looking at, I think. Uh, I basically, I really amped up on the, the SO4 and the chloride, but I did kind of more of a balance. I just made it kind of a, um, I can share recipes here in a minute, but I just kind of made it, I made it almost balanced favoring sulfate, but I also, uh, I think I had 150 parts per million chloride, 161 sulfate, um, and then 136 calcium. So I did make it a harder water profile on purpose just for fun, but that's nowhere near my water profile that I normally have because the bicarbonate in my current water profile is through the roof if you do my home home water so um but yeah so it's just kind of up to you but I, it is a good style it's kind of like stout and IPA in the way that if you have hard water it's one of those that you can probably just filter it and get the chlorine out and do what you do so so we're talking about water first all right cool any other water questions since we're talking about water first there Alex 
but I do treat triple more like a gentle, a gentler beer than I do for the quad and the double, which I treat like more, more similar. Like I, I go a little hardier on the water and treat it more like a stout or something. Yeah. You, uh, seem to have like, like the awareness about the water profile of a, uh, Trappist brewery. Did you start by emulating one of those, uh, for your water profile? Um, the first Trappist beer that I brewed was, um, it's, it was a, it was a while ago and I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I probably didn't even initially adjust my water profile on that beer. Um, but it, I was using, uh, my home system that I just ran through a carbon filter and it actually turned out fine. And so that kind of gave me the confidence. And then you start reading other articles out there and you're like, okay, hard water with these, especially maltier Trappist styles. Um, yeah. Haven wants to hear entirety of my process for a quad. We'll get there, buddy. I'll, I'll share recipes. Uh, but, but yeah, so I, I definitely, um, definitely started that way. And then as I got more into water chemistry through my brewing, then it's when I started trying to hone in on what I actually really want. So, uh, but again, the West mall, very ominous. Yeah. We use our city water and treat it somehow. So yeah, they put some through an RO filter. Cool. Right. Um, but, but yeah, so water to me is kind of the more interesting thing. Cause again, it's hard water by nature there. Obviously these things have been brewing for a while. Um, I love how teams like pops up right where people type down there in the bottom right. So I can't like the window comes up and I can't see what they actually wrote. It's really awesome. So what about water? So the, you have a different water profile for the, you know, the darker, the, the double quad versus, you know, if you brewed a single or single in a, in a triple. Yeah, I go a little lighter. Um, Would you go a little more, you know, sulfate on a, on a triple? Yeah, it's still pretty close to balance, but I definitely, I, I, I just go lower overall mineral profile like it's only like 73 parts per million sulfate 51 chloride versus when i'm looking at this quad recipe that i did last i was rocking like 161 sulfate and 150 chloride so I, I don't know why i tend to just treat triple as a little more dainty um and and i've played with that recipe but i also want it to kind of dry out i don't really want it to be uh, i mean I, I don't want it to be flabby or anything but it doesn't need to be like super duper crisp but i do like them a little crisp but a balanced water profile has worked out for me, more or less, just favoring sulfide a little bit. Or sulfate, I'm so that, sorry. That, that quad water water profile, then what was your, was your calcium in the like 120, 130? It was 130. 136. I'll share the whole recipes here in a second. Um, I just kind of want to go through generality of, uh, of water. So, um, and we can dive into the individual recipes that I like to use that I've kind of honed in. Uh, through the years, including one that I was like really hammered just to show you how a hammered drunk person might develop a, a triple recipe. <laughs> it's not pretty, but it turned out to be one of the best triples I ever made in my life. So I would roll with it. Um, so I guess uh, to me, I mean, water is very important, um, but to me, the most important thing that makes a Belgian a Belgian, as most of you agree, is yeast. And without yeast, um, you're not uh, gonna make a very good Belgian. So if you try to use Chico, like uh, Discord, we were talking about Chico and trash talking it earlier. Yeah, Chico is gonna do Chico things and it doesn't belong in a Belgian. Uh, my favorite uh, yeast strain to use, especially for triple, it's the only one I really use for triple, is the West Mall strain. So that's the the triple double, that's the WLP 530. That is the one that I would use for triple. It's the one I've tried to make a single with, but again, I don't know if I liked it or not. So maybe I'll try something different. Um, I, it's just, when I think of triple, 
I think of the West Mall triple. It's not my favorite triple, but it's the one that I think of the most. So if you're trying to like hone in on what a triple should could be, West Mall is a good starting spot. There are better out there, but you can definitely um, do some things, tweak some things to make one better than West Mall. But it's 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 a if you had a, a an Oxford dictionary that said what's your what what's the Belgian triple to me, West Mall is the one that would show up there in the picture. Um, but if you have uh, Daguerre, Daguerre triple is like my favorite. It's my absolute favorite. Um, I've done a triple tasting where we had like 15 triples side by side by side by side, and I picked out Daguerre instantly and was able to put it at the top. So, um, so it's it's obviously my favorite, and and part of it's uh, it's in Bruges, and my wife and I have been to Bruges, and we we kind of had a nice little uh, drinking session there. Um, Where'd you go in Bruges? In Bruges, we, yeah, we were in yeah. Bruges. We would, we lived in Germany for three years, so we went up to Bruges like three or four times. We, oh. It was just a weekend trip for us, so. That's what we had that we've had this conversation before. Yeah. We have in Bruges. Yeah. Uh what strain is uh thirty seven eighty seven? I mean I can Google that. Yeah, that's there. the uh, uh, the same West Mall. Yeah. The the one did thing I'd say what? about that is is I you know I I brewed some beers with, you know, WP five thirty. I really liked them. And then I for whatever reason, you know, I picked up a pack of the 3787 and I harvested and reused it for then like three batches and all three of those batches were had much less yeast character than 530 but it was early on me you know brewing Belgian so I, I guess I'm curious if other people have found the same thing that the 3787 is less character than what do you mean by less I haven't used character? triple double because for me that one makes a very pear, pear flavor but not so much of a pepper flavor yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I had brewed one. It was, I think it was during like COVID, ex, you know, we did these exchanges and one of the guys said, this has been a really good, like mild, like, well, it is like 7%. Like, well, okay, well, it's maybe, <laughs> he just like, it's a, I think it was cause I was fermenting it kind of cooler. It just happened to be in my basement temperature, but, but I felt like yeah. all of those were a little bit tamer than compared to 530. It's weird cause they're, you know, they're in theory, they're the same, same yeast, but clearly well, they're not. Uh, I mean, they're they're picking out a an individual, you know, kind of thing inside of those yeasts and making their own strain. So they 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 could be a variant within a variant of something. Um, I've used 530 and triple double probably the most. Um, I actually can't recall using 3787 if I'm being honest. Do you sense so, the difference between the Imperial and White Lab version? I mean, I don't know that I do. Um, but I, I think with yeast, part of that character, at least if you uh, believe in the literature, um, is part, partly because you're, you're stressing the yeast to kind of get that character out of it. So generally with all these, if I'm brewing it just for me and not for an experiment or something where I'm trying to do controls, I'm starting it a little cooler to begin with, and I'm ramping up that temp like crazy about three, four days in. The, the problem I run into... Um, problem I run into with yeast, especially 530, and I know Brent and I have talked about this, is that that stuff ferments like crazy. Use a blow-off tube. It's going to freaking wreck your fermenter. And if you put an airlock on there, it's just going to clog up. If you use a plastic bucket you're gonna or a, a carboy, you're going to wind up with beer on the ceiling. Like, that stuff is crazy. Um, so always use a blow-off tube. But uh, especially, like, if I'm doing a quad, a lot of times I won't add my sugar additions, like a candy syrup or a sugar addition, until... I'm about four or five days into fermentation because you're starting with a lower gravity beer. So the need for a starter is a little less and I'm lazy. I don't like to make starters. Uh, and so when you get four or five days into fermentation, you've already basically had it build up a pretty solid yeast cake. And now you're adding like liquid 
jet fuel in there with with freaking a candy syrup and now that thing's just taking off and then as it's doing that just ramp it up and i you know i'll ramp them up to like 75 or so depending on how i feel but i'll start at probably at like 64 and then just ramp it all the way up into the mid 70s the process and part of that ramping too helps it finish out because these um, belgian yeast they they start really strong and fast and vigorous and they but they can stall at the end if you get cooler and that really sucks when that happens by the way um yeah. But, but yeah triple double um for, for a triple that's my favorite uh for a quad and a double that's my favorite my second favorite is the chimay strain and man if i can tell you what that actually number is because i don't know off the top of my head but um the last uh, quad i made with chimay strain turned out really good i was actually quite impressed with it um so that would be kind of my second pick and then everything else like i know um Orval's technically a Trappist beer, but what they do is not anywhere near like a quad or a single or a, anything like that. So it's not like what I would use. Um, I know, I think White Labs, you can get the Rochefort strain. I've used that one time and I like the beer, but I'm not sure. Scott had a question. What you got, Scott? Yeah, thanks, Will. Um, about three weeks ago, I made a triple, my first time making a triple, and I used 530. Okay. And I've read... You know, a lot of this is about the fermentation control. So I was planning on, you know, oxygenating, pitching at 66 and then letting it ride. But within 12 hours, the fermentation was so violent and aggressive that I, I felt like I had to keep the temperature low because I had to keep changing my blow-off tubes. And then after about four days, fermentation you know, slowed down. I didn't have to change the blow-off tube. And, but when I checked gravity, it had not yet hit what I expected the final to be. Um, so then I, I took a tip from uh, someone who I know from my local home brew club, and I pitched SO5 just to finish it out. So my question is, you know, I, I imagined just pitching low and letting it rip, but the fermentation was too aggressive for me to be able to do that. So is that normal or is there something that I should be doing differently? 530 is like super aggressive. Like um, I, I, I've i had so many messes from 530. I'm so thankful I have a firm chamber and it kind of contains it most of the time. But like I just get prepared for a, a giant mess when I use it. Um, I did a short and shoddy triple uh, last year and I let it ferment like right here next to my desk. And it just like in in uh, Texas summer, you know, the, the room temperature is like 77 degrees with AC on and that stuff rips so hard. And but the thing with 530 is, is that I think it takes. I mean, I'd have to measure it. it's not like I had a tilt in there. I'm actually curious for this next Belgian I'm about to do because I have the tilt this time. But I, usually for me, it takes like 10 to 10 days to two weeks before it like gets anywhere near terminal like they, they take a while and that's with. Keep it low. It's going to make a mess. Yeah, you got to change out your blow-off tubes for a couple of days. But then after you get done changing out blow-off tubes, that's when I start to – that's when I add sugar and then start ramping it up slowly. And so the kind of the – if you want it to, to blow out your blow-off tube less, you know, get the – you don't have to do candy syrup. You can just make a simple syrup in a pot or something just to kind of sanitize it because I wouldn't just dump straight sugar into your fermenter. But if you can dump some kind of syrup, um, the candy syrup, wh who makes the candy syrup? Like the golden 
sir up the d45s d180s what's the name of that company uh, it's uh, actually just candy syrup it's just candy with an i with an i yeah yeah candy. Sorry. So, so like, just get your golden candy syrup and just dump it in the fermenter. And usually my triples, uh, da, 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 this recipe, I think I had two pounds of candy syrup. So apparently I like spending money on syrup, but I definitely uh, prefer to add that like four to five days into fermentation. It kind of gives your yeast something to like perk up on, and it also helps prevent messes. I'm just saying that it makes it, it makes a huge mess for me every time. So. You're not wrong. I don't typically add extra yeast. Again, I just ramp, keep ramping it up over time, but it does take longer. Uh, most of these gels and trays, like I said, they start off gangbusters. They tend to take a little longer to finish, in my experience. Anybody else got that same experience where they they're, they're slow finishers? Yeah, yeah, no, nothing. Yeah, I've seen that. I definitely had a 530 stall on me, and it just kind of warming it up and rousing it, and it almost got another blowout after it, after it picked up. Da, da, da. Chimay Bevy 500, yeah, yeah. I, I like 500 though, Scott. That our brand. I, I love that that yeast. Um, for it's my second favorite for doubles and quads. But um, that that's what she said. All right, cool. Um, yeah. What about uh, you have any experience with dry yeast in the uh, in Belgians? So um, my answer is this. I I have not experimented a ton with dry yeast in Belgians because the ones I did use. Uh, forever ago did not give me the results I was going for. And so Belgian's one of those where I don't tend to use dry yeast. In fact, even when I was, uh, before I started doing blossoming, I was getting lots more liquid yeast. I would always get liquid yeast for my, my Belgians just because um, it gives me what I want. Sometimes I make a starter, sometimes I don't. It just depends on how I feel. I do think some of that yeast stress is kind of what gives that Belgian character, that short and shoddy triple I talked about. Um, again, that's like, 77 80 degrees sitting right here next to me in my little office area that's kind of a dining room and it uh it came out when it was really young and short and shoddy i was trying to turn out fast when it was really young it had kind of that almost like a uh like a white pepper kind of flavor to it and then as it aged out it kind of got more like what i wanted it to be um which uh, more, more of those floral notes and some of those things that I was kind of going for. So um, age is your friend with all of these. Uh, we talk about um, oxidation being the villain of uh, hazy IPA. It's actually not that you want to just like intentionally oxidize and like blow oxygen through your fermented beer, but just like time and that um, those redox reactions happening over time are your friend when it comes to the, uh, the, the Belgian uh, at least the doubles, the triples, and the quads. Do you uh, age the boozier ones for longer, or do you age your Belgians about the same time? So, um, generally speaking, doubles and triples, I'll turn around in like six to nine months. Um, quads, I'm waiting nine to 12 months. And I, these are ones that I, um, I don't like to, uh, I don't like to bottle condition. I hate bottling. Uh, but I will keg condition them typically, because again, I'm not drinking them any day soon. Why spend the money trying to pump CO2 into something? And then it does scavenge some of that oxygen. And I do think, and, and I don't have any proof about this if you read our experiments, but just my feeling is, is that bottle conditioning, keg conditioning does add something to the experience. Um, I guess I should do an experiment on that, but that's like, you know, 300 days in the making. You, uh, it, it, 
adds more alcohol and more yeast. Right. <laughs> There's more sediment, that's for sure. All right. Do you uh, store that keg warm for that year, or is it in your keyser that whole time? No, it's sitting behind like the bar over there, like just kind of out of sight enough that. And my and my wife doesn't seem to complain if it pokes out because she loves Belgians, and so she'll she's begging for me to make a triple and a quad right now so that they'll be ready for next year, or for. Yeah, because they're not going to be ready for this Christmas. They'll be next Christmas. You you let them sit for a year? Uh, yeah, I'll let them go for like, maybe not quite a year, but somewhere around 300 days or so. Mm. And, and there, there's, there's kind of a peak in there, but 300 to 360 days, um, there, there's, there's, that gives me about the character that I want. Um, granted, you know, it's your beer, so try it sooner if you like what you like. Um, but yeah, almost every, I was gonna every ask, how did you land on 300 days? Did you take samples throughout? Like, um, it was kind of just one of those anecdotal things, uh, if I'm being honest, but like I would, I would tap it. And hmm. what you send notice is that like, you know, cause, cause you have a keg of freaking 11% booze, uh, beer in your, in your kegerator. Right. And so it, it takes a little while to go through that. Like you're not, you're drinking like maybe one or two a week, not three or four a night. Like I would like a dark mild maybe five or six of the dark mild but these uh, are useful for yeah but um so but what what i found was is that when i did that i liked the end of the keg better than the beginning of the keg the beginning of the keg i say oh it's not quite right it's not quite right then you get to the end and you're like oh this is exactly what i wanted why did i drink it so soon and so um with triples i had less of that experience and in fact after that short and shoddy one i may like shorten my triple to three months but um with with the quad i definitely and the doubles that definitely like double you want it to go longer than six months probably in my experience and with the quad you know nine nine months 12 months somewhere in there is a good spot because again I, I just felt like i was drinking them too soon and it wasn't until i got to the end of the keg that i said oh this is what i wanted it to taste like you bother with gelatin then uh no they're sitting around for forever so yeah. So and so you have a, your your kegerator supports uh, like multiple carbonation levels. Um, it does now. It used to not to, and I used to and I used to just overcarbonate the crap out of everything when I had my quad on. And I just like dealt with foam everywhere else. But um, but my lines are pretty long, so it can handle overcarbonation. But right now it does have individual carb. So when I had a um, that size on recently, I was able to kind of jack up the carbonation on both of those kegs. Ooh, and we'll want to talk about more fermentables. So we'll get to sugars here in a second here, Will, um, once we're done with yeast questions. Um, any more yeast stuff? I like 530 for everything. Chimay for the darker stuff is okay, too. Uh, wild, what's what's 1214, Alex? I don't even know what strain that is. No, uh, I think that's the white yeast Chimay strain. Uh, I, I, yeah. I, used, I used the 500, so I didn't use the white yeast. And I don't think Imperial has a Chimay strain. If it is, it's seasonal, and I don't know about it. Sad. So and one thing I would say about the um, you know the Abbey strain, you know, I'd made, which I, I guess was maybe a a Belgian blonde. I mean, sometimes those those light colored styles confuse me. There seemed like a lot of overlap. Um, and with with Abbey that I really liked, and then I I tried making, you tried to use Abbey. I made a a double. A, a triple, and then then recently, I you know I threw it in that um, split saison thing. So it's sort of a, a single, 
Um, and I was, I was kind of finding I wasn't liking those beers as much as I recall beers, ba similar batches made with WD530. So I'm kind of, I've got a, a, a single going right now with 530, really kind of the goal is to build up a yeast cake that I can throw it in a, on a quad. But yeah, I, I definitely feel like sometimes dry yeast, I think they're struggling to get dry yeast that has quite as much character as some of the liquid yeast um, equivalents. Yeah, so I, I think I think you're right, dead on right. Like I just I just um and I've talked around. I've been I've been asking around for people. So if you find a dry yeast Belgian strain that you like, like I want to try it. Uh, so just tell me. But um, it's definitely one of those things where I just think the liquid yeast you get more variety, and the the Belgian ones are just a little more subdued. Okay, so Omega Labs. I've never tried any Omega Lab Belgian yeast strain. I'm just gonna come out and say it. I've never done it, so. I haven't, I haven't used their Belgian strains. I've used some of their other stuff though. I've used, I, I like I like Omega. Like I think they make a great uh, yeast product. Um, I think they're good, but I've never used any of their Belgian strains. Just more mileage with White Labs because it's been around for a long time. Yeah, it's time for Omega yeast to make a thialized Belgian strain. Uh, they do, don't they? They make uh Oh, no, it's a Sison though. It's not a. It's not a quad. Mm. I thought it was their Sison strain that they removed something so it gets more like berry flavor or something. Which one mm. was that? I used it one time, but they they like removed the banana clove part of it, and so then they gave you more berry. Uh, and I tried it, like and I was bonanza like, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, bonanza. It was just weird. I, I didn't like <laughs> it. I, I really Thundu, that's it. Oh, yeah. is, uh, Javaru with the Winnie Farmhouse. That was a good one. Yeah, I've been really enjoying that. I'm, I'm at like the fifth generation of it. You got to store it uh, under the ground, though. <laughs> like the uh, brewer does. All right. Now it's in a mason jar in my fridge. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Okay, so now we get to fermentables, Will. And um, so this is one. Uh, so if any of y'all, okay. Abby worked pretty well as dry Belgian stain. Well, uh, whoever said that, please send me one so I can try it. And uh, oh, that was that was shipping bitch that said that. All right, shipping bitch, send me one, and then I'll I'll tell you if I think it's any good or not. Yeah, like I uh, said, Q1 when we do average brew, you can get one. Let's, yeah. let's do uh, let's do Belgian uh, quads for uh, Q2. It, actually, if we're gonna do Belgian quads, we need to start. We need to vote on that for to start in Q1, so they're ready by Q4. Right, it's a good point. So that's a Christmas. That. That's a Christmas beer, baby. Like I'm that's super, I'm super we we have joked about doing two surveys in one quarter and then just skip a quarter the next year. Oh, I'm so about, down for that. <laughs> it would have to be one of these big styles that has to rest yeah. for. A while, I'm already so far behind in my brewing. <laughs> so somebody oh, asked about have our tenth average brew just around the corner, mm, and yeah. maybe we should do something big for that one. They could be delayed. Uh, yeah, delay it. Like this is actually Q2 that's ready for Q4. Sort sort of speaking of which, sorry to uh does do Belgian ship warm pretty well? Um I, I think they ship okay um warm. What you'll find though on the grocery store shelves is that there is something that happens. Um I normally when I taste oxidation like IPA, I don't get that sherry character, but like when I taste it in like a triple. I can get some of that sherry and some of those characters coming out, and you can tell they're a little long in the tooth. Are they still tasty? 
uh, yeah, but you know, they get a little more sherry and then eventually that turns in a little more vinegary and then it's not as good. So, um, they ship fine, uh, in my experience. Um, I think if you were to bottle condition a quad and send it to competitions, that might be a good way to go. And you could probably get about three to six months worth of comps out of that. You know, if you, if you bottled a handful of them. So I think that I may try that. I got a quad on my to-do list here in the next month or two. So that may be something that I try here before too long. Um, Fun, fun, fun. Uh, somebody asked about uh, repitching these strains if they have more character. I don't know the answer to that question because I don't honestly brew. Like I, I kind of brew a batch of Belgians and about a, a squat once a year, and then they kind of age for a while. So sorry, Will. If anybody's got any repitching Belgian experience, you can tell Will right now. And then. I've been doing the the Lithuanian Javarvu, like I said, I'm on generation five. I haven't really I've noticed a little bit of more character coming out, but that, that might just become might just be experience with me fermenting higher trying to get more of that funk. And Ben, if we want to do average brew all Belgians in twenty twenty four, um I'm mostly game. Except for we, that one we pack. We start with singles, we do single, double, triple, quad. <laughs> you can yeah. that'd be fun. Hey, we'd, have, we'd have to brew the quad first and then do the single immediately after. Well, that's the thing. You <laughs> brew them all in the same month. It's just for the whole year. Oh, yeah. There you go. You just make them all in the same week and be done with it. Yeah. Yeah, just be done for the year. And, and, you know, you're just done for the year all in, all in one month. So, HF's uh, on. What was about Carboy? I'm sorry. I did miss that. I was reading something. I uh, just brewing four different quads in one go. I need another carboy. Oh, uh, you know, those are the glass carboys are cheap. You're fine. Uh, any tips on bottling a triple from the Craig? Not ready to bottle condition. Um, if you have it at the appropriate CO2 rate, it's going to foam like hell. And so you just kind of got to ride it out and fill it up and waste a bunch of beer in a bucket. And it sucks, but that's what you do. Okay. Whenever Whenever I bottle, I have a, the beer gun, then I'll um, add the sugar in the keg, and then I will hook CO2 up, and I'll bottle with my beer gun into the beer, and then bottle condition that way. But I haven't done that for a while. I usually I usually wait for, like, Belgians to do that. So that's what I'm doing um, this year is either add the sugar, because I have that keg minter, so I either add the sugar straight in the keg minter with the yeast and everything and say screw it, or just add it to the keg and then do a beer gun over into some bottles um, and go that way. I, I'm thinking about doing that just the next year when I do competitions. I'm not having to like sit there and bottle shit. Like I hate bottling, but bottle conditioning seems like it'd be good good for that. So, yeah, cool. All right, so fermentables, fun fermentables. Um, I guess we can go ahead because we, we hops aren't that, uh, let's get hops out of the way though. Hops aren't that exciting. Um, usually, uh, you know, Noble hops are a good idea. Styrian Goldings, which is our Fuggles, a good idea. Uh, some people use EKG. I'm not a huge EKG guy, but they're fine. EKG's fine. Um, a lot of these, like your your quad, you can do a lot of late boil additions if you want. But let's be honest, a lot of that aroma is not going to be around in a year. So uh, so so at your own peril. Um, so that's up to you. Uh, I guess I can share this browser window over here. Um, and we can talk about some of this. So let's start with the double. 
Oh, maybe triple. This is a little different. This is one of my triple recipes. This is the one I made when I was hammered drunk. Uh, you can tell, right? Because how many flaked that's, adjuncts yeah. are in this recipe? That's quite a grain bill. It's quite a grain bill. Hell of a grain bill. It's one of those. Uh, I told. I think I told the story several times before. But I was sitting there and I was kind of drinking. Uh, I, actually, I was drinking. I wasn't kind of drinking. And I got on more beer. And apparently, I ordered a bunch of shit. And I didn't know until like a week later when all this stuff showed up my door. And I'm like, oh shit, what did I order? And then I looked at the recipe that I made, and I found all the ingredients. I'm like, wow, uh, well drunk self. Uh, other than you ordering D45 candy syrup instead of golden candy syrup, let's just roll with this. <laughs> so so we did it. Uh, I came up. I originally called it the Gentile Triple because I was going to put, like, gin-soaked fresh oak cubes, which are way down here. Uh, and I did do it for this particular recipe. Um, but uh, my buddy Curtis came over and he was uh, drinking, drinking like too many of them because it went down really easy. He drank like three or four of them. And all of a sudden he's went, I have to leave. And so he just like left and he, huh. he's my neighbor. So he walked home. I said, like, dude, what happened? He's like, oh, man, I just didn't care if the world burned for a minute. So it became <laughs> the Nihilus triple. And so I have a second iteration of this. I mean, you look at that, too, that omits some flaked adjuncts. Uh, and I'm calling it Carl Hungus in case you're all Lebowski fans and get the reference um but yeah i, I think the hop, i think the hops on this is pretty pretty standard i probably don't need the late editions here maybe just a 15 minute edition would be fine uh but the hops like magnum sots holler that all seems in line with me for a triple um i have a bruzilla at this time when i was brewed this now i have the deltas so when i get really big grain bills i'll put all the base malt in there and then i'll start to reduce it back and then Usually I just I'll order a three pound bag of Pilsen extra light or whatever, and I'll um, just subtract what gets me to whatever um, gravity, which on this one's a 1.082, which is kind of towards the upper end. Um, this one has flaked rice, barley, and oats. Um, I would probably do flaked rice again, no problem. Maybe flaked barley again, no problem. Um, just things that uh, you know may may make the body a little thinner, a little more um, a little drinkable. Um, I like to put a lot of sugar in there because obviously I don't care how much this beer costs. It's cheaper than the West Mall on the store. So I put a lot of sugar in there. To me, um, other than yeast, other than a lot of things, like the sugar is kind of what helps these things out as far as the style. It boosts alcohol. I think it helps with the yeast character because it just gives it something easy to chew on. Um, and then also a lot of flavor. If you read Brew Like a Monk, um, what they claim in that book is that, uh, you know, most of the color comes from the sugar for the darker beers. And so, um, so this sugar's good. I think that triples I've made them with table sugar, table sugar will be fine. I made triples with this candy syrup. It's fine. The reason the candy syrup to me is nicer, as I said, I like to add to the fermenter, right? So it's really hard to like, it's a pain in the ass to go make a simple syrup with a pound of table sugar, where it's really easy to just dump something of candy syrup in there. And it's really about ease and laziness and you could save money and probably just do table sugar if you wanted to um the short and shoddy one i did i added table sugar and it turned out amazing so um in fact i can look up that recipe now because it was a little more in line with what i would do did, did i see at the bottom there that you, you use gin soaked oak cubes yeah that was drunk me take it up with him okay sober me has no defense for that well, go get some more beer, though. Beer, though. And it's then keep beer. talking. 
so this one um, is probably a little more in line with what I do. So um, base malt, uh, one thing that this Lano Pilsner malt and Dingman's Pilsner malt has in common is they're a bit undermodified. So you have to use a little more of it to get the same fermentables. I do think that adds, and I'm talking about wanting it to be dry, but I think with all the Belgians, that does add a little more of that malty character that you're expecting, at least in the toasty, crackery kind of sense. Um, here, I just added wheat malt to kind of lighten it up a little bit. And then again, kind of the same thing with the Pilsen and then just a touch of aromatic. Um, I don't know that aromatic is necessary, but it just makes me feel a little better. Um, and to me, this is a really good, this this triple turned out really well with some age on it. And I just used Hollertown Tradition and Hollertown Middle Fruit, I think. Or I might have changed those hops, but not too much. So, and then did I list what I did on my, yep, yeah, here's my water profile. So here I did, I hate favored, um, sulfate quite a bit it's 120 sulfate to 87 chloride uh and then got up to almost 100 in calcium so it's to me though this was this was a if you go to the philosophy website um mash temperature i did 146 um i'd never mashed that low for a belgian before but i'm thinking i'm gonna do all my belgians at 146 now because it worked out really well mm. so but but this is kind of more of a what i would call a typical um Wheat malt would be fine here. I think I would also be okay um, using either flaked wheat or, or flaked rice instead of this um, or in addition to this. But And then I use two and a half pounds of table sugar, which, uh, hint, if you're doing a short and shoddy version or a truncated mash, this will definitely help you hit your numbers. <laughs> I'm just saying, the more stuff that's like known for minimal and depends less on your mashing, like it helps you hit your numbers, man. Has there been a trial between sugar versus golden candy? Uh, I don't think there has, but um, it's worth probably worthwhile. Marshall approves almost all sugar experiments, in case you're wondering. He, he gets really into it until you get on your fourth or fifth one. <laughs> I'll just go through all, all the Belgian styles and do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, so, it was a pain in the ass, and I don't know why I woke up at 4 a.m. to do it, but I did. And now I can say I've done it. I think that's really the only reason why I did it. Yeah, so this one that I did table sugar, I just dumped it straight into the boil, like towards flame out. Actually, it doesn't really matter. It's table sugar. It doesn't really matter. You're not you're not boiling well, anything this, this... off. Um, you could make an argument when you get to the doubles and the quads when you're using the fancier stuff that you could boil some aromatic off. I don't know how true that is. Sounds like it's worthy of an experiment. But, um, yeah, so... Well, that's uh, a but, that's a three hundred the three hundred day experiment to put that one out there. Yeah, you just got something in the in the can. It's like it's already done. It's over in the can. I mean, and then you you just you just whip it out sometime when you you need content and you don't feel like brewing. Just just whip it out. Yeah. That's kind of yeah. That's, that's all you do. Just like ah, oh, let me go let me go get this cold. Let me go it's find my, my my two kegs of dark beer. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So. I think this this recipe is very straightforward, especially compared to that other triple recipe. Um, Carl Hungus is kind of going to be my next iteration. There will be no. Uh, I probably won't use lactic acid either. I, I I don't really do acid additions. I mean, I don't even do baking soda. That probably sounds hard. Um, but there will be. There's no uh, gin soaked oak cubes on this one. If I'm being honest, I didn't really taste the gin soaked oak cubes that much. Uh, in the last version, and maybe it's just my misuse of gin-soaked oak cubes. Uh, maybe you but, used the wrong gin. Yeah, 
Tank Tank Ray probably was a poor choice. That's all I'm saying. It's a good choice for your tonic. Uh, sticking with the candy syrup, but yeah, I, I kind of made a few. I don't know if I'm gonna do the oats or not. I got some time to, to tweak with this, and I probably don't have any of these hops in stock anymore. So really, it's it's gonna be a just me trying to figure out what I have on hand and going from there. But um, but I really like triples. My wife loves triples. It's it's definitely um, it's a good spring beer or a good fall beer. Um, and if you make them right, you don't realize you had too many. Cool. Any questions about triple recipes? But yeah, these these all have pills and light extract just because, um, again, I have trouble with uh, reaching the gravity I want to reach to get the, the, the grain bill I want to have without substituting a little bit in there because it just my efficiency tanks when I get to about 14, 15 pounds of grain. I guess you know, one thing I always wondered with you know base malt for Belgian beers is is it worth you know, one is sort of like you know Pilsner versus two row especially in you know something a, a, a quad it, it feels hard to believe that some minor you know base malt character is ever going to make it through and then you know whether it's worth you know I, I've never used or I've never used like you know a Belgian base malt. And so I don't know what character a Belgian base malt has versus a, you know, a, a German versus an American, you know, Pilsner and two row. So, um, it's just my opinion. And part of this is, um, no, no real backing other than anecdote. So take it for what it's worth. Okay. Um, but I like a slot, like I said earlier, slightly under modified malt. And so, uh, Lano Pilsner malt is slightly under modified. Um, the, uh, Dingman's Pilsner malt is slightly under modified. Does it need to be Pilsner malt versus pale malt? I don't think it matters. I think if you used a good floor malted Pilsner that would be a little bit under modified, I think that would be a good add into a Belgian. I just think having that extra amount of base malt, um, it definitely adds some kind of like underlying body to something that you're going to dry out a lot with sugar or thin out a lot. I don't know that you dry it out, but you thin it out a lot with sugar. So it just gives it something to back up back in on but like usually like the mouthfeel i'm going for with a triple is not something like in your face like filling your mouth i want it to be kind of easy to drink um a little thinner in the body i don't mind it but i do want a good head so because if you notice every time you pour a belgian like you get this big thick cap of foam and it's just like really nice to to get that big thick cap of foam which is probably why I add the wheat, but I don't actually believe wheat does anything. But I do have a crap ton of white wheat, so I'm just trying to get rid of some. Find your spots. So, and then instead of I didn't have any steering goldings when I made this recipe, so obviously I put Willamette in because that's what I had, and that's kind of my go-to American substitution for Fuggles and Styrian is Willamette. I thought you just because it's named Will. Uh, damn it, Will Amet. You know, you know we can make weird Rocky uh, horror picture shows. The river were deep, so I swam it. Will Amet. No, anybody? A couple smirks. It's Halloween, guys. It's lighting up. Jeez. All right, cool. Um, and then my, I may adjust this water profile, but on this one, um. I kind of mirrored the one I did when when Drunk Me made a recipe, so I may I may stick with it just to honor what Drunk Me originally came up with to make a true Carl Hungus beer, because I hear he's here to fix the cable. So, 
Uh, doubles. Um, this is the recipe I came up with a bajillion years ago. Uh, and, and I've made some minor modifications, but really it's kind of the same as it was a while back. And so um, I, I don't use as much candy syrup. Again, for some reason in my mind, a double has a little bit more body than a quad does. It doesn't get as thin. And so I want a little more of that like uh, kind of body and mouthfeel that I don't want in the quad, but I still want that magic of the candy syrup. Um, in case you're curious, D45 candy syrup is a similar SRM to dark uh, brown sugar. So uh, you will get a different flavor profile from brown sugar, but brown sugar actually works out really well in a Belgian or a quad uh, because I had the power go out. I'm sure many of you've all heard the story. But I had the power go out um, for four days, and so I didn't. I was about to add my sugar addition, but I didn't want to add my expensive candy syrup to something that had had the power out for four days. So I added like a one-pound simple syrup made from uh, brown sugar, and it turned out amazing. So how did you make that. syrup out of brown sugar if you didn't have power? Uh, I waited for the power to come back on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Got it. It's four, it's four days later. Uh, and then, then really, like after it warmed up, and I added that sugar, I even I think I added another packet of yeast. But by the time I did that, like the 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 yeast had started like spinning back up on that sugar, and it it did ferment it out. So it was actually really good. Um, in fact, it inspired maybe the next recipe we were going to share. Um, but but pretty much with all these, again, if if I have my way and the power doesn't go out, I like to start a little low, like 64, 65. And then after about four days, when I'm done changing out blow-off tubes, I'll start ramping it up. And a lot of times this candy syrup is going to get added in the fermenter. And with something like this, the gravity drops down enough, because this isn't a really high ABV, but the gravity drops down enough that when you reduce the one pound of fermentables there, it's a kind of a normal OG beer. And so you're basically making a starter in your fermenter before you pitch the extra sugar. That's my, that's my pro tip, be lazy. Um, and then... I definitely, yeah, this is my home water profile. So I actually just used my home water for this one last time I did it. I probably will tweak this though. Probably won't have near as much bicarbonate. I'll probably have a slightly more sulfate, but I'll probably still keep it kind of balanced. Yeah, no, no, no giant secrets here other than Will makes recipes when he's hammered drunk and orders stuff on more beer. Maybe that's not a secret. Uh, cool. Any questions about doubles as a whole? Shipping bitch, anything? You might have this uh, thing stuck in a mousetrap. You never know. So I noticed you're not using like the, the D180 syrup in your doubles at a specific. So um, D180 does a couple of things. One, it makes your beer really dark like super dark and you could totally use it in a double. Um, but again, this is kind of one of those things where it's my own personal uh, limitation a little bit, but for my doubles, I, I tend, I, I think they're slightly more strained than a quad. And so I don't do as much of a flavorful sugar. Cause I do think some of that date character does come through T 180 and I'm not looking for as much of that. So I usually do a little lighter sugar to keep it a little lighter and this is just kind of the way I keep my recipes just a little different so my double doesn't taste like a watered-down quad. Because if you look at my quad recipe in a moment... Um, there's a uh, boatload of more sugar. There's two pounds of D180 and a pound of brown sugar in this one. And this recipe, it looks complicated as hell. It got like a 
42 or 44 in a comp this year. Um, it was, it's a good recipe. It was super delicious. Um, I probably can do, I probably can simplify it and do away with this and the Caravienna because those are pretty close together, the 30 Lov and the Caravienna. But, um, and most Belgians aren't going to be putting special B in there, but maybe it's just because I've been doing it for so long as an American, I just keep doing it. So I'm, and also I have about three pounds of special B that will never get used up if I don't use it in Belgians. I enjoy special B in Belgians. So, um, and I don't think they use as much crystal either. Again, supposedly Belgians are using just mostly base malt, maybe some Caravienna, and then lots of sugar. But this uh, this 180 SRM candy syrup, like if you look at my SRMs over here, they're like 37 and a half, which is way off the charts for this. And part of that is because this stuff is just so stupid dark. Like it looks black when I drink it, um, but it, it's super good. And judges never seem to ding you on a 22 versus a 37 and a half when it tastes good. Because they don't, they don't have like cards there to judge you. They don't care. So, um, but this this beer, I know Haven asked me start to finish. So, um, modern Belgian when you're on roasted grain for color versus going the sugar. Yeah, maybe. I've I've seen it referenced several times. Maybe, maybe. I'm not. Um, I'm that Belgians do it that way, but Americans interpret it that way. Let's put it that way. I mean, but I'll see like Americans put like straight up dates and all sorts of random crap in their Belgians. Like I, I don't, I don't even understand. Like they'll, they'll fruit like a quad, and I'm like, that's ah, not. I'm not about that life. <laughs> Shots fired at Cade too, because he, he has like a date inspired like double that he likes to brew, and I, I like it. I cringe a little bit when he says it. Like it's kind of cool, but then it kind of cr- makes me cringe because I would just rather eat dates and drink double. So, um, cool. So yeah, so the the brown sugar that was something that came about by an accident, like I described earlier. Um, D one eighty is nice. There's also like a D ninety, I think, if you're not trying to get it as dark. But the D ninety, the the golden, the D forty five, and the D ninety, if memory serves, are all just like beet sugar, basically with different uh, levels of uh, caramelization to get that more intense mayored reaction. Uh, wouldn't double dates be more fun? I don't know. My wife might, may not might not be a fan. It depends. Like, I mean, are you are you saying that our, me and you should get together and have our wives and go on a double date, Will? Is that what you're implying? I mean, I'll come visit. We can go on a triple date. We'll bring Martin and his wife along. It'd be... I mean, you're both named Will. It's kind of doesn't... It's not like... Yeah. It's kind of the same it, person, right? Yeah. Yeah, basically the same person. Exactly. So it's like El Guapo Will and Bearded Will. It's fine. There you go. Um, so the the pills and light extract, just so y'all know, I did have that in the beer that scored in the 40s. So nobody notices this crap. Nobody's ever said, oh, you used extract in this. Just use dry extra light. Um, but yeah, so the, but the D180, I, to my knowledge, um, it probably has beet sugar in it as well, but it also has the date sugar and I think the fig sugar as well. If you go look it up on the website, you can correct me when I'm wrong. Um, but... I do think that that date sugar um, has something to it. Uh, there may be something that gets boiled out if you add it to the boil or not, but you spend a lot of money on candy syrup, so I like to add it into the primary just because, one, we talked about all the messes, but two, um, if, if there is something that's going to come off of there, uh, I don't want it to because I spent a lot of money for that stupid sugar. And then um, the brown sugar, again, I made like just a simple syrup with it where I would just, you know, uh, maybe a cup or two of water, 
make a simple syrup, dump it in with everything else. Um, so pretty simple process. Um, but I, I, I love this. The last time I made this beer, I absolutely loved it. Um, I cried when I ran out. Um, my buddy, who's super into Belgians, he uh, he saw the table judging it, and he basically texted us like, "Hey, is your the bottle with the stupid ring on the cap? Because it looks like somebody beat it with a Baltine camera." I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Okay, yeah, I'm taking that one home." Apparently, you got to try it. So, um, so it's a good recipe. I'm not gonna change too much on it, other than maybe hops based off availability because um, I think right now the Hollertau I have is like 2% freaking alpha acidity and I don't want to have to use like a bajillion grams of Hollertau to get to the gravity I want. I think uh, if you look at Mean Brews, I think he just uses Magnum for his bittering. In case you listen to that guy. Alex wants to know if you used the Epsom salt that was in your recipe. I do use Epsom salt, you know, helps keep you regular. Was that because it was a high ABV beer? Uh, why do I use Epsom salt? Um, I have it on hand, and it helps me get more sulfate without jacking up my calcium to no end. And then a little bit of magnesium, from what I hear, is, is good for fermentation. So it's mainly to cut the calcium, though. <clears throat> yeah. Keep that within levels. Let's actually look at my, uh, let's see what my water chemistry says. Yeah. You start getting up here and like you're you're going over the Belgian double water chemistry and it's freaking out because you're going over all the limits it's defined because you don't care about them. Obviously, I'm a rogue. To answer your question, Will, there's no real need. Um, probably 15 minutes additions too late for this one because it's going to sit in a keg for forever. You could probably get away with just doing 60 minute additions and be fine. You could probably just do Magnum if you wanted to. Um, I don't just out of some weird thought for using Noble Hops has in my head. So again, Noble Hops versus Magnum and a beer you're going to age for a year. Future experiment coming to a article a year and a half from now. <laughs> so that's all I got, guys. Hopefully I didn't bore y'all to death talking about Belgians, but obviously I can do it for about an hour. <laughs> yeah, appreciate it. You, you didn't even talk about the other Belgian styles. Um, well, to me, they don't really exist. <laughs> Belgian pale, Belgian blonde. on. Oh, man, I was so happy to give away my last keg of Saison. I had a five five gallons left of Saison, and somebody, my neighbor took it. I was so glad to give it away. <laughs> uh, Vikings works awesome in a Belgian quad. No, nobody hates you for saying that. Haven, nobody. Belgian single, yep, yep. How will Lucha Under Pressure work for a Belgian single? Um, It may improve it, actually. It may make it drinkable. Seems like with Belgian, that's where you get more art than science. Maybe I'm off, though. Um, there are a lot of levers to pull. Um, and so that's where I think the understanding of the levers is the science part of it. And then um, applying them where you want to apply them is kind of the 
the artistic side because again yeast temperature and how you motivate yeast how you, when you add things all those can impact it but it, to me it's kind of like uh smoking a brisket even though doug's not on here it's just kind of like it's more about the end result than it is about and the journey to get there it's just not about the journey to get there is the end result you just kind of got to keep doing the go staying true to the course and and doing what you know to do and what i would say is these are very complicated recipes to some degree i would start out with something more like my uh short and shoddy triple that i had and i would do something simpler and adjust fire from there because um again you could probably do these things with just and just play with yeast temps and when to ramp yeast and when to do those things and and just play with those kind of levers for just yeast on a, the same recipe three or four iterations before you really understood and this i know i've tweaked this recipe over time mostly hops um but this this double recipe i basically have just been tweaking playing with occasionally i'll use did you drink meat in the middle alex is that meat in the middle yeah i've been trying to figure out what the hell is supposed to smell weird about this it doesn't smell weird well you said something about it no it's the other one that's the five years yeah that makes me feel less insane because this just smells like an ipa (laughs) it's it's just a delicious ipa there's nothing special about it sorry okay i've been trying way too hard all meeting to figure it out there's there's nothing special about ipa at all nothing Try the try the five years and then the, the five years of making friends. That's the one that I, I I'm trying to get you to find something in. All right, I'll go get that. There he is. Uh, but yeah, so but definitely do something simple and you can play with yeast. Um, this would be really great to do split batches with if you wanted to do a split batch and then try like Chimay versus uh, WP530 and and play with those kind of things. So, but yeah, keep it simple and then uh, let your drunk self take you from there. That's all I got for that one. Astronomy has great ideas. Mm. So you say you, you like letting your, your triples sit for a few months? Your triples? I, let all, I let my all triples sit for about three to six months, easy. Mm. Uh, doubles around six months or so, and then quads I go for almost up to a year. Yeah, you haven't messed around with bottle conditioning, Belgians? Uh, it used to be all I did before I got into kegging. I would bottle condition a whole slew of them. They'd go sit in some far-off place, and they'd just hang out. Um, but I've gotten lazier in my age, and so now I keg condition. But I do think uh, probably this next round, just for competition season coming up, I'll brew it and then probably throw, uh, you know, a handful in bottles and then can't condition the rest. How long at Belgian barley wines? Yep. Uh, I've made so many of those, Will. Uh, Belgian barley wines. Uh, we called it the uh, cleft foot Belgian barley wine. So there, there we go. Uh, so, so barley wines, I, I don't know. I think there's like a a finesse to a Belgian quad that a barley wine is more of a, I don't know, there's like a finesse to a quad, and then I think a barley wine is more of a, a sledgehammer. I don't know why I feel that way, but I feel like barley wines just hit harder somehow. So that's all I got. Talk amongst yourselves. Ask I got a, a Belgian for you that you won't like. 
Perfect. Is that your Saison? Your uh, your. No, it's not even mine. I don't have any beer. Uh, you, didn't you see yesterday? I, I kicked all three of my taps. I don't have any beer. Oh. No, this is um, a, a white ale from a small brewery up in Maine. I don't drink a lot of, like, Belgian-based wheat beers. They're not my thing. Um, Duvel, when you're in Belgium, it's fantastic. Like, mm. Duvel Fresh is so good. I'll drink it. And then their triple hop, when you can get it fresh, is really good. By the time triple guy gets here, triple hop, all that hop flavor and aroma is gone. Uh, it just really sucks. So if you can go to Belgium and drink Belgian beer in Belgium, yeah. um, hopefully it's the revelation to you that it was to me. But uh, why do I hate I'm trying to beers? convince my wife, and I think I I almost have that for my 35th birthday that we I can I can take some guy. And you're gone. He said something about taking some guys. So I guess he's, yeah. he's going to have an excursion. Taking them down. Experimentation. Yep, taking them away. There you go. Uh, hey, Vanessa, why do you hate wheat beers? Um, it's because some guy who goes by shipping bitch poured sugar in my gas tank that one time. It's a mouthfeel thing. Um, there's like a mouthfeel with wheat beers that I don't appreciate. Um, it, it, it probably uh, explains why I don't like hazies too. There's like a mouthfeel thing going on with hazies. I don't really appreciate. I call it, although wheat, wheat beer is a little different, but it's a, they're both kind of like a flabby, not something I want to have in my mouth. Oh, more typing. Dot, dot, dots. Dot, dot, dots. So what's up, Rob? Have you been with us before, Rob, and I just never noticed? Where you been? No, no, this is my uh, my first time here. Good. I didn't sound like a dick by asking that question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, just uh, I just joined the. Yeah, just a little more of a No, I just joined the club, so I'm just. This is my first one. Oh, I'm sorry, Frank oh. didn't talk more shit to me during the meeting. Then that would have been way more fun. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I've only had two beers in the meeting, so I'm not talking too much shit tonight. <laughs> uh, Frank likes to tug on boats. That's all I'm gonna say. Mm -hmm. No, Perfect. no, get it right. Put <laughs> on tugs. <laughs> Him and a, and a wad of semen will gather. Mm -hmm. All the semen. We're just, just hauling our lines all night. There's so some on the port. That. There's some on the starboard. There's some forward. Uh, there's some aft. So we get we get all those all those semen satisfied with the, with the line handling. Just a small sprinkling. <laughs> just remember, it's not gay. It's underway. Very important. <laughs> Semen to the four of me, semen to the aft. <laughs> Stuck in the middle. Oh, he's drinking it now. I was hoping that I could just cheat and look at the can and figure out what that smell is. <clears throat> there's, a, there's a smell to it, Alex. Describe it to us. I don't know. It, it's a little bit smell, but there's also a flavor. I guess that's a little more full and round than I was expecting, uh, and, and not as crisp. Um, trying to think. I, think I think it's a fine beer, um, but there's one flavor I get that's like a little little weird to me that I don't pick up everywhere. So I'm just curious if Alex gets it. So raisin right. the fruit I'm trying to imagine is kind of orange and pinkish, but I don't think I don't know what it is. 
So I get like a hint of caddy from that beer. Mm. I don't know if I get that. It's okay. Like not everybody does. I have a neighbor that's like super sensitive to caddy. It, uh, every, every other hoppy beer I make is caddy. I wonder if it has like cluster in it or something because it reminds me of a cluster blonde that I make. Um, and for a lot of people, cluster is caddy. So I, no, I was just like, thinking that that it reminded me of a of a cluster beer. So. That, yeah, I totally believe that. I don't. I don't typically get caddy from beers, but like that one just was like a hint of caddy, mm. and it and it wasn't like super gross. But I guess I'm married to a veterinarian, so I'm kind of used to that. But you know, right? I, I don't. I don't know if I've ever, ever actually gotten caddy from a beer, so I might just be something I don't pick up on. I'm I'm kind of sensitive to dank, and not as much to caddy, but that one kind of kind of mm. got me. Yeah. Well. So this one was a uh, bad astronaut. It was the bar, the the brewery around the corner that uh, Alex wouldn't go with me to because yeah, he had to go home with his wife. Yeah, I'm a dumbass. <laughs> uh, but it's got a Zaka Strata, Citroen, Belma. But the description is awesome because it this is this beer is called Phaser Fight, and the description is pew 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 pew. That ignore the threat of being vaporized into a flash of light and a puff of smoke and enjoy the pretty lights and fun sounds. This IPA beams with bright citrus and bitter balance. And I'm like, I just love the description because you're like, a phaser fight somehow turned pleasant. Yeah, it seems like they actually had a couple of loggers uh, in their core, core lineup too. When yeah, I was just looking a, at their website quick. Yeah, they had a Hellas, <clears throat> they had a Pills, and then they had a, um, an Oktoberfest and a Dormunder. Wow. Um, so they had like <laughs> several loggers to go along with their IPAs. Everything I had there was like delicious. Um, they had one IPA that. It's not that it was a bad IPA. It was just like way melon, and it just threw mm. me off. Like I didn't expect it to be melon like it was, but maybe a bit still... or something. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, they're the. Are y'all familiar with Carbach Brewing? Got bought up by AB InBev. Like a billion dollars. Yeah. yeah. So one of the brewers after they got bought up went and started Bad Astronaut. They have any food there? Ah, uh, they didn't the night I was there. I'm trying to think of some reason to drag a group of people out there, but maybe I just need to go there alone uh, later this week. I mean, I'm sure there's food near there. So they had some Oktoberfest thing, and then they had like a menu of random crap. So I think you just need to check and see, because it was like Sunday. It was kind of late. They may have just closed their kitchen down. I got no idea. Yeah, like, yeah I could see a place like that, too, not offering food either. I was hanging out with some, some older guy that was in the Astros, and we were chatting. So it was all good. Yeah. Lots of games. Dude. It was a, it was a pretty rad little brewery. But I actually found out about it because we were at St. Arnold, and the uh, the guy that was seating people in the restaurant, I got to chatting with him. And he's like, oh, if you like local breweries, you should go around the corner to this place. It's literally like a mile away. And I'm like, well, why wouldn't I go there, self? Yeah. <laughs> Did you find out if it was a new spot? Because I've never heard anything about it's it. It's only been around for about a um, It's fairly recent. I don't even think it's quite a year old. Oh, wow. You can see when they opened. Oh. Maybe. Uh, thanks, Bill, for the uh, good meeting. Uh, it's 1030 here. I got work in the morning. <laughs> it's, it's 1025. It's not yeah. 1030. Yet. 1026. Close enough. It's, yeah, it's Florida time. Yeah. Five minutes difference. 
Hey, I work Saturday. Cheers. I worked Sunday. I've worked Monday. I think today's Tuesday. I work today. I got I got to attend to all those needy seamen. So yeah, <laughs> happen. Well, right. Good luck with your tugging. See y'all later. Bye. Yeah. Cheers. Yep. Did they have all the? Uh, yeah, I was just kind of looking at them online. It seems like they have a bunch of artwork or murals up or something is that temporary or uh what was the oh, situation no. like they had some i think there was some of that stuff just up on the walls and then i, I think they had some just like random like art but it looks like yeah. they have like kind of a showroom so i don't know there's just some random art like hanging up yeah i couldn't tell if it was like rotating art or what the deal was yeah hmm. but it was yeah, I'm trying to figure out when they open because based off their website, I can't see. But it seems like they're pretty new, so that's pretty rad. Yeah. So. Show show the local a place. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that, that's what I do. I go places. I talk to <laughs> random people. I find out about new places, and then I go go try those too. But if it was bad, I could have warned you. Yeah, well, it's in the name, so I'm not sure. I mean, yeah. What makes it good, astronaut? I guess is the real philosophical question. I guess the ones that don't come back. <laughs> they're, they're the good ones. Are, the, are those <laughs> the good ones or the bad ones? Well, if they've got more experience in space. <laughs> because they stay there? Yeah. Mm. That's just how I judge astronauts is how long they're in space. I don't know what other metric it's you would use. More experience, yeah. yeah. True. Yeah. <laughs> so it says they do have... Um, food but sunday was only noon to eight so by the time i kind of got uh, there they were shutting down the kitchen so okay but saturday it's noon to 10 and then monday and tuesday they have food trucks but there's something called ghost hand pasta that mm. runs their kitchen according to this quick look at their website faq interesting maybe they only operate their kitchen in october Dude, yeah. they had a whole back room that was like decked out Oktoberfest. They had like all the like blue and white uh, banners oh, running cool. down the way. They had the stage going. Like I, I think they had it to do. I wasn't there for that, but they had it to do. And during Astros games, it's two dollars off pints. Oh. So Leaning into go. that astronaut thing, yeah. So so try to try to go during an Astros game. And they're they're they think they're one and one in the series. So you better hurry up. <laughs> Or maybe you got time. Yeah, right. So, I don't know. When, when are you brewing your next Belgian? Uh, I have an experiment that may or may not involve a Belgian coming up pretty soon. So, have you done a Belgian experiment yet? Like, oh. just brewing. What's that? Is that coming up published, tasting, or brewing? I'm going to brew it, so it'll, it won't be published for a little bit. But probably for the sake of content, I'll probably tap it a little sooner than I normally would just because we have to produce content. So uh, it's a little hard. Yeah, I don't know whose fault that is. So it'll be out in a year, <laughs> not a year and a half. Okay, got it. Well, it's not going to be a quad. It'll be my favorite. It'll be a single. It'll be my favorite. Hmm. Single or blonde, let's do it. Or pale. You can do a pale. Belgian wit. Obviously, I'm into white wits. You you haven't done any Belgian experiments, right? I did the Sison temp experiment with Napoleon. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that counts. And then I did the short and shoddy triple, but that wasn't an experiment. That was just for funsies. 
Do temp yeah. experiments ever count? Uh, it depends on if. Well, according to one guy, I picked the most boring yeast strain ever, and so I should <laughs> go away. No, there was some good comments on the last the last experiment that was published too. Oh, Steve, yeah. That, that was <laughs> not the oh, one man. I expected to get mean comments. Right? There's there's it's random. Regardless of what you publish. Well, sometimes they just get ignored. I didn't expect that to be a one to have people pile on a little bit. Because it's just, it's, I don't know, it's, it was a pretty boring experiment. Yeah, it's just like boil time, which which there's pretty much, I'm pretty sure with all sugar, there's some apprehension of if I boil it longer and it has aromatics, they will boil off. But yeah, like, like I, di I didn't expect him to get so much hate for that one. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't mind it. I thought it was cool. Sugar, because a uh, simple syrup, because then you actually get more aromatics because you're burning the sugar. Uh, yeah, that's exactly how candy sugar, like hard candy sugar is made. You just make a simple syrup, uh, like liquid, and you boil the hell out of it, getting rid of the water. Yeah, um, with an acid. Yeah. Yeah, with an acid, yeah. Gonna do my... Uh... My if if we're hanging out, I'm gonna do my imagine. Fourteen. Years. Fourteen years. Yep. Is that a local place? Yeah, this is from uh, Freetail. Okay. I, I drink a lot of local beer. I don't know if you've noticed that. Yeah. Just a local kind of guy. That's a double pills thing. Yeah, double pills. Um, so they have a a normal version of this, which is just a, a normal dry hopped, uh lager but this one uh so so they have a, a beer called imagine a world with beer sellers instead of 401ks yep i see that on untapped thank you yeah uh so so but they have that and and so they did this one with a decrease with the doubling the abv and i think this one actually won gold uh their their um beer sellers instead of 401ks i think got a bronze a gabf but this one got gold, like, and yeah, no, I got gold this year. So, but did they submit it as a Pilsner? You said it was a double Pilsner or whatever. Yeah, I don't know what category it went in. Yeah. Imperial Pills, I don't know if that's a category, but right, it's uh, on but, but maybe you can just type whatever you want. I need to reach out to Jason because I've met Jason a handful of times and he's a really um cool dude, but he's the senior brewer at Freetail and he's super laid back, chill. Um, I, I ran into him. Uh, he gave like our, our homebrew club that's here in San Antonio. He gave us a tour of their facility. And then I bumped into him at like the, uh, um, the roadmap five year anniversary party. And I bumped into him cause I think his girlfriend works at roadmap and, uh, I got to hang out with him there and he's just super chill, laid back guy. Like, um, give me pro tips about, Oh, if you like Amber loggers, we got a Vienna logger coming out like next week. You need to go check out our tap houses. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it's neat to see what uh, people meddle in. Like, for example, that uh, St. Arnold Amber that you had before, I guess they always enter it in competitions as a extra special bitter. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it was a... Which I it might be, maybe, maybe that's why it didn't really taste like an amber ale, because it wasn't. Yeah, I, I really... I, I really wanted like something more. I either wanted it maltier or hoppier. I, I don't know. Yeah. But I guess it being something like a bitter would make sense. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, 
From from my random internet searching, USA Today says it was a hoppy lager. Hmm. Does GABF use a BJCP style guidelines and all that when competing for medals, or is it just its own thing? I think they have their own. I think the Brewers Association has has their own, and it's got a lot more. It's got you know like okay. eight different pale ale type things. You know, hazy pale ale, session pale ale, strong pale ale. Yeah, when I, when I when I tried when I looked at Brewfather today for a random question in the group, uh, there is a separate guidelines for BA. Okay, that's all. So I, I guess I mean I'm looking at this one you have here, the description. So it's 8.6 percent ABV Pilsner with Strata and Citra. Like is that quite a Pilsner? Is that a cold <laughs> IPA? I mean, what's the difference between that and a cold IPA? Is is it? <coughs> What is, is cold is IPA? It yeah. <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> They're looking to get a medal, so they put hops in a lager. <laughs> but, but do you blame them? <laughs> I, I, I don't. I mean, I don't know if. And again, I don't know the fermentation temperature. So does cold IPA yeah, is have that the difference? I, I don't. I don't. I don't even know what cold IPA is, Brent. So like, I'm I'm 100 the wrong person to ask. Like, I don't even know. Like we talk about Sison. I'm not sure what Sison is anymore. I had a grasp on it 10 years ago. I'm totally confused now. I mean, Saison is a category, I guess, similar to IPA. That's like you can anything under the sun flies pretty much. As long as you use the right, some one of these three kinds of yeast, <laughs> there, there's you no can color, enter in this category. There's no color characteristic. There's no like final gravity characteristic that you're aiming for. You like, might as well just call it, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, a Belgian or a French or a UK when you say a Saison. I, I thought I had an idea. Obviously, I don't. Um, it's all good. But I've had Imperial Pilsner before. I'm trying to remember who made it. But it was it was like a decade ago that I had something that they called Imperial Pilsner. Um, I don't think it was this hoppy, though. I see them around here once in a while. You know, I, Chris, just, I just don't know what it would be. I mean, it, that, it is, is that malt liquor. <laughs> hey, man, no, I need to do some malt liquor experiments. Um, and, and Johnson had a. Uh, a and Johnson liquor. had a uh, homebrew con was passing around some malt liquor that was quite tasty. It was good. So, yeah, I admit I bought, I bought, yeah, the reason I bought some, some malt liquor was because the theory was like you could add like a hop tea to it and it would still end up like at a 5% mm -hmm. thing to refer Sharon. And actually that actually worked out pretty well. Um, and then I bought mm -hmm. some more um, to do the same kind of thing with like grain, like I do like a grain tea and add it to it. And that, that didn't really work out that well because the, the steep grain was really harsh and grainy, I guess. It didn't really work out like a, so I still have some of them in my fridge, I think. But my girlfriend was like drinking. I'm like, oh, I like these are actually really good. <laughs> like. Like I guess sometimes I wonder like how much the difference between like some of the stronger strong ale versus a you know yeah. malt liquor really is, or one has more of a stigma than the other, All right? For some reason, <laughs> hey, like styles are more marketing than anything else. Marketing and I suppose expectation setting is the other aspect of that. I've spoken that old English more than a time or two. I run my Mickey's big mouth a few times yeah i mean it, it's interesting what people like when they're kind of blind to it or whatever like uh even talking to people when doing something like a uh, off flavor uh experiment people like the most recent one was like 
I, don't, I think it was isovaleric acid or something. And if you if you talk to people that weren't brewers, they were like, oh, wow, this is adding a really interesting complexity to the beer. Uh. I had a stout <laughs> uh, last year that became a, uh, an in-law family favorite, and it was, like, laced with diacetyl. It was it was gross, and everyone loved it. Because it was just a flavor, not an off flavor. They're like, oh, so, this is yeah. a, a butterscotch beer. I'm like, sure, sure, a butterscotch beer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. the uh, the service arrows they have like a, every month here in town, like they have like a brew day somebody hosts, and Bruce is on. He's like the finance guy on the the leadership team, and he was hosting a brew day at his house. And and his thing was he's going to do his own experiment where he's going to take he's going to go to a local brewery, and take like a a section of their malt. So he's going to have the same malt, the same hops and the same yeast basically that he's going to use to make the same beer to do like kind of the brewer's thumbprint thing. And, yeah. uh, and he, he brewed his beer for his brew day and then free Rome brewed their beer. And he went and he came to the meeting with a growler, one of each, and he tried them side by side and he, and he gave you, he had a little Google survey where you could go through and rate which one you like better. And I like I tried one. And I was like, oh, this is kind of crisp and delicious. And I tried the other one. I was like, this is oxidized as fuck. <laughs> and and like in my head, I'm like, either the home brewer didn't mind his p's and q's, and it's just oxidized as fuck, or he got the growler like last week and it got oxidized, just like sitting in the packaging. And so like in my head, I was playing that. But like we went through, we get to the end. He's like, oh yeah. And it was basically like a 50-50 split. Not quite. It was like 55-45, something like that. It was almost 50-50, though, of people that preferred the um, oxidized home brewer that Bruce made versus the not oxidized free roam version. Yeah. And I'm like, and like, so, but me and my buddy Tim, I'm just looking at him, and we're just like looking at each other like, this is so oxidized. This is so bad. <laughs> but half the people in the room prefer, like enjoyed it as much as the non-oxidized version. Yeah, I mean, I I remember my first year or two of uh, getting into beer and whatnot, and and you know, like like I'm sure everybody can relate with beer being super ox- oxidized on shelves ten plus years ago. I was wondering why the heck India pale ales were called pale ales because whenever I got them, they were kind of a purplish brown thing. Uh, but even then, you know, I was just like, oh, this is cool. This kind of tastes like hard candy and. This is this is kind of cool. Uh, whereas I'm sure if I tried something like that today, I'd be like, "This is disgusting." Uh, trying well, something. I, yeah, yeah, I know. I, I know for years they made really shitty IPAs, and I was just like, "Oh, it's, this recipe must suck." And I moved on to the next recipe, and that one sucked. So you had to move on to the next one, and and finally, I think it was the I really definitely that you know the cold side oxidation thing was was really the big the big thing. I mean, I think I use a lot more hops these days than I did you know, five, 10 years ago too. But I know there was like a big, like some, you know, homebrew talk thread, a guy was like doing a bunch of like using a secondary versus non-secondary, yeah. you know, he's posting pictures and the, the ones with the secondary are always like, you know, a darker Brown. beer. And, a, <laughs> and most of like, a lot of the times he's like tasting, oh, it tastes smoother or whatever. And so I, I do think there is a lot of that. And I'm like, if, if I want a smoother beer, I will change the recipe to add smoother character to it or, I'm not, I'm not going to get that through oxidation. And so <laughs> I, I definitely, you know, you, it's it kind of once you realize what oxidation is, it kind of really makes you hesitant to buy, you know, bottle um, you know, IPAs from California or shipped across the over to, to the East coast. And luckily, luckily the, you know, I always used to be anti cans, but 
you can usually get really good quality can can beers. Right. I, I found like even like the German ones too. If you can find German and Belgian beers in cans, they're they're probably going to be a much better shape than than the bottle. Not smell one. like skunk. Yeah. Yeah, and they print the dates on the bottom of the cans too. Like they make it pretty easy to find. Like most of the time, you can just look at the bottom and be like, oh, because I was at my grocery store and they had a. Uh, ooh, that sucks. <laughs> So they had a, a, a sold, yeah, this one was Here's in the brewery. So they had a sold out IPA from Freetail. And, and like, I looked at the bottom of the can. It's like, this thing has been on this shelf for like eight months. There's no way I'm buying this IPA from here. Yeah, last time I had, I, you know, when I had some like Corona in cans. I was like, this is a completely different beer than. Uh, I can't Amen. even imagine a, a Corona that's not skunky. Dude, I, I Corona in cans free. is good. Really? Even, hey, hey, how did those turn out last year? Are you even there? No. He prefers shipping, bitch. But shipping, bitch. All right, I need to drop off, guys. Good chatting, though. Wait, I'm sorry. Good to see you, Brent. I mailed you some beer last year, some hazy IPAs from Treehouse. Oh shit! Those those were some of the best IPAs I've ever had. Those were freaking awesome. I have more in my fridge that I've held on to, so I think I'm just gonna drink them instead of shipping them to you. Just hey, that's I'll get, fine. Get more fresh ones. You let me know. I'll send some back to you or send some cash or something. Do you, do you need some Imagine? I can send you some Imagine if you want to send me you some You want Treehouse or Trillium or something from New England, like, let me know. I can hit it up pretty simply. I'm not, uh, I'm not afraid to throw in 10 pounds of grain like I did for Haven and ship it across the country to you. <laughs> grain works as a good padding agent, I've found. Do you need uh, malted blue corn? I can uh, send you some malted blue corn. I have... 40 something I've, pounds. I've had multiple. Do you not see all the little vaults I have? I don't have any malted blue corn, though. Yeah. There you go. I got malted blue corn like five pounds of it like three years ago, and I still haven't gone through it. So I don't know what you're, the hell you're going to do with a 50 pound sack. I'm just saying, you're, you're not impressing me, Trevor. It's fine. I got like 500 pounds of malt in my garage right now. Oh, well, and that's, that's just basement. That's scattered in my basement somewhere, probably. I mean, that was 100 pounds just in bags that are just sitting here. I just picked them up a week ago. Oh, you want you want to see something embarrassing? We talked about inventory earlier today. Here we go. This is fun. <laughs> so, uh, right, so here, here's here, here's um. Oh God. Some of this is like three, one and a half, but then occasionally you get down. There's like 20 pounds of this Great Western, 46 pounds of this Denton County Wheat Mall, 15 pounds of Munich, uh, but uh, <laughs> where, where's the 248 pounds of this Wildflower Pale Mall? Um. There should be the Pilsner mall. Where did the where did the Texas on Pilsner mall? Yeah, two hundred eighteen pounds of this. Your, your mall, because <laughs> that's huh? what happened to my brew father. I just stopped taking away from it when I made my did my brewery. Really? Just built up. I was like, oh, screw it. I don't care anymore. Yeah, and then here's here's my you know. So there's a lot of little things, but there's like over five hundred pounds of malt there. Look at my hops. It just keeps scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. Scrolling. That's my that's my freezer. I could walk you over there now. That's just my freezer. Yeah. So. That, that's are no, you a homebrew shop? Those are negative, though. You have a problem. You have negative inventory. Uh, th these are my water additions. I just I checked it off. It's like when you don't actually inventory it and you just hit right. negative until the yeah. bag goes empty. And I just then, order more of stuff when I get to the bottom of it. I'll, I have enough malt that I can mix pretty much any SRM I'm, I'm after. But if I miss the like flavor characteristic of a certain roasted grain, oh well, who cares? It's still gonna turn out to be beer. I don't I don't give that much of a, a fuck about what happens. 
Well, I have to care more now that I have people on the internet that want to criticize you could, me. For... You could just lie to them. How do they know what you put in your beer? Show them a picture. Like, who cares? A picture in a table. They don't know that you're telling the truth. I mean, I'm not going to say do. that I haven't recycled the same uh, grain mill um, picture a hundred times over, but, you know. <laughs> I got you, about five different angles, and I'm like, same brew day. Then you get different pictures for each of your future brew days. No, so the most baller one was I did a. Uh, it was it was a. I did two hop chronicles. So I did. Well, what did I do? I did like Spalt Select versus. Um, uh, oh yeah. Was it Tetnanger? And so yeah. I did two hop chronicles plus an experiment out of two beers. Hmm. So I got ultimate, three ultimate laziness. Three articles out of two beers, and now that's like the <laughs> that ultimate. That sounds like an efficiency thing. I think you need to get demoted now. Exactly. So, so like, but the thing is, is you have to take like three pictures for every <laughs> shot you do, because you got to do like three different angles, and then three different shots, and then and then it. But it, so like, and somebody's gonna figure it out and complain. Just like just throw something in the background of one of them so that it looks different. Yeah, yeah that's it. Or, or, you know, so you just kind of like take it from this angle, like, oh, here's bad photography going this way. <laughs> so it's pretty hilarious. That's not but... crazy. That's not crazy at all. This, this is what we do in academia. Yeah, right. Recycle. You, you identify your research question. You research that question. You go to a meeting and present at a podium. So that's an oral presentation and an abstract, you've done the research on that particular niche, then you create an educational exhibit, and then an educational paper on that, and then you add all of that onto your CV. That's like five things. That's what we do in academia, and that's what you are doing now. I'm gonna accuse so, so keep it up. Of, I'm gonna accuse Will of p-hacking on the internet. <laughs> Well, p-hacking is, is dirty, and you should not do it. This is not p-hacking. No. <laughs> you are it's... leveraging your time to get multiple results out of similar overlapping processes, and this is normal in academia. Well, and, and you're, the purpose of Hop Chronicles is different than the purpose of an experiment, and they were both, like, um, in fact, I think we need to do more Unless hop comparisons. It's lager or pale ale, then it's the same. <laughs> yeah, but I think we need more hop comparisons, though, because there are a lot of, like, parentage things that come around. There are a lot of, like, oh, these are the best subs. And so is that reality or not? Um, and it's like, because the reason I did the Noble Hops is because we have this idea that Noble Hops are interchangeable, and they're not really that interchangeable. They're all pretty characterful on their own, which yeah. is what I've always believed, but... I definitely only keep sots and maybe one other on hand, typically. Yeah, but that, that's probably more so because you buy hops in bulk, right? Versus right. buying, I don't know, like two ounces to use on a particular brew day. Well, and when you buy bulk, I don't know, Trevor, you probably have the same experience. Like, you're tr instead of, like, going out to buy four ounces of hops to make this recipe the same as it was last time, you're like, what can I substitute and get about similar? That's what I do with both grain and hops now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're like, I'm not going to go buy Dingman's to make this quad I don't have next time. 40, but I have some 70, 80 and some Pilsner malt. Maybe I can mix it together. Exactly. 
So well, and then you go brew an ordinary bitter, enter it as a dark mild, and still win a fucking medal with it. I mean, I don't. I also don't measure my salts. I don't like all all I, all of my beers fermented in kegs underneath my computer right now. Like, like this thing is just filled with kegs fermenting beer. But you have a basement, dude. I like it's cool down there. Well, uh, well, I did open the window because I put a window in. There, there wasn't a window last year. Um, and it was actually like I think basement temperatures here was like 74 year round, which is like okay, great, perfect sales temps. Um, but now that I have a window, it's dropped in a day. It was 78 or 76 yesterday down here. It's now 62. So I'm like, great, it's logger season. That's what I was talking to shipping bitch yesterday about. Is like it's logger season. Beers are going outside for the next six months, and then we'll bring them back in. It's a little chilly for a logger, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like my global to be at about 77. Jeez. Chilly. My German pills is at 48 right now. And Disgusting. It's that, that better be Celsius. <laughs> <laughs> it is not. <laughs> it's freezing and it's fermenting beautifully. <laughs> so there, there's this, uh, people say that um, lager yeast likes the cold. And I think that's the wrong way to say it. Lager yeast tolerates cold. Lager yeast slows down in cold. That, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it tolerates it. it. It still ferments in cold where ale yeast won't. And so, like, like it tolerates it. It loves warm. You know why I know it loves warm? Because it reproduces like a mofo when it's warm. It's fast yeah. as hell. Uh, I, I did a dry, oh, what was it? Cellar science? Um, what was it? Uh, Mexican uh -huh. lager Baja, Baja from uh, Cellar Side. So it was from, from um, HomebrewCon. I tossed it in dry, and like three days later, I was a terminal gravity. I was like, shit, um, what do I do now? We'll probably take a sample and see what happens. Oh, dude, um, I've done global when, I, when I've done short and shoddy and like had it at like 77 degrees. I've turned a beer around in like five days. Hmm. It, was, it was like done fermenting in three, cold crash, added gelatin, keg. <laughs> was drinking it in like five six days yeah. but then again i was doing something to prove a point for short and shoddy which i don't i, I probably don't turn around that fast normally but you know <laughs> I, seven to I've ten skipped, i've skipped gelatin finding and just let it sit in the fridge but i'm also not trying to turn around content so speaking of lunch i need a second or no a fourth fridge a fourth fridge for more cold storage oh, that's my problem you do. Uh, six months of the year i can't I can't cellar my my beer outside. Yeah, I gotta somehow convince my wife of that too, and she's standing in the kitchen, so she's fine. I can let me, but I need I need like another uh, chest freezer to cold store some stuff. Well, if if your wife leaves like mine for two weeks to go to Europe, you might just happen to end up at Best Buy um, with a chest freezer in your truck. I mean, I, I got a truck, so I'll get on Facebook Marketplace. I mean, I'll go cheap. I, I, Do it. It's like forty dollars I'm saving. I'm like, I'd rather get a new one. Yeah. It's worth it. Um, I had two kegerators, one with a tower, and the other without the towers were for just storing. And I ran out of space. So I cycled in and out my ESB over hmm. the course of a, a month or so, and I destroyed my ESB. That fluctuation in temperature from refrigerator to ambient about four times turned it cloudy and metallic and mm. undrinkable so 
Oh, wow. You have to have refrigerator space for your kegs. And my wife hates when I use her secondary fridge. So that fridge of the four is off limits. <laughs> you need to get another one. Yeah. I like tertiary fridge, if you will. Yep. Tertiary, I like it. It's a good word. It's a very good word. All right, guys. Well, I'm going to hop off here, too. I'm done with yeah, my so. uh, Imagine 14 years. Um, so. Oh, that doesn't take you 14 years to drink. That's unfortunate. No. But uh, you drink enough of these, you'll be imagining more than 14 years, or you'll be imagining a pillow. Either way, so I still got a What's going on? Hey, we. Hey, <laughs> oh, hey, you've here. Hey, Haven, I got beer. That's a giant rat. There you go. Mine's I'm uh, I'm doing what my name says. I'm shipping out. I got a couple competition entries here. I got. I'm trading with Clay from Atlanta, so I got his box packed up. So I've been busy this whole time. So off camera. You could have made me feel better about wearing a tank top if you would have oh. showed up too. I know. Well, I'm sorry, Alex. <laughs> you need to get some TV, TBC tank tops. I mean, I wouldn't we wear go. them every day. You can, I, you can send. You can submit some. That and like gym shorts, I'd wear those. I wear that oh, every yeah. day. <laughs> we need temp tattoos. Oh, yeah. We need temp tattoos. You mean leggings? You want yeah. man leggings? We can get some man leggings if you want. Uh, not tight. No, I I need loose. I gotta move when I'm brewing. You know. <laughs> I need, you don't want, yeah, want form-fitting? We could get form-fitting. You just have to have, like, a cup installed in the front. There we go. Yeah, protection. There's one of those on Shark Tank the other week. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, they, ideally, they take the yeah. cut out the cup and put it down, you know, where your groin pipes are. Oh, Jesus. Really? Really? So you look like a... You said the El Dorado lager, Haven? This isn't. This is actually New Glarus's IPA. I'm finishing off my last bottle of it. Um, no, that Eldorado <laughs> Lager kicked uh, faster than any keg I've ever kicked, probably because it was like less than 5% and I could just slam it all night. And I sent it to quite a few competitions and everyone it went into at one. So that, that's good because I have two of them awesome. with Baja right below me. That's pretty much the same thing i substituted a bunch of shit out because i was like i don't have that i don't have that i'll use something else sure that's fine i have eldorado that'll work Mm -hmm. i i saw scott congratulations thank you i saw scott winning with it over and over every competition i looked at i'm like oh my god there's take it easy will there you guys gotta go to bed I, i saw scott uh winning every single coa comp that i joined he would there's Scott's name with the Eldorado light lager on tap. I'm like, oh my god, I have to reach out and see what the recipe is all about. And it's it's killer. It's no joke. His him and I shipped. We we exchanged the same recipe. I had a little bit different because I had to use flaked corn from Brees instead of the you use the the um oh my god, watch what it's called butcher something sugar creek. That's right, the sugar creek, the malted corn instead of flaked corn. So ours was a little bit mm. different. Um. But still, I mean, damn tasty recipe. And with that Eldorado, oh my gosh, just wonderful. <laughs> Did you dry hop with it or just hot side Eldorado? Just hot all, side. I think it's less than a ounce. Really? Huh. Yeah, you, you like, sprinkle it in. It's just a little bit of spice, like, like salt and pepper. It's, um, you have to, I mean, Eldorado typically is 14 to 16% alpha acid. So, yeah. You have to use restraint, especially if you're used to making IPAs. I mean, you're adding two or three ounces, I'm sorry, two or three grams per edition for a late edition, which seems like almost nothing, but that's what that particular Just recipe a little something. demands. 
Yeah, and if you go overboard on the late additions, it will be a lemon-lime, almost a Mexican lager, it, it'll taste like. Okay. Um, that, yeah, that's what it's, mine um, turns out to be, because that's what I did. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, well, I do ounces, so it was 0.15 ounces at 45 minutes, just gave me 10 IBUs, and then nine IBUs at 10 minutes, so, I mean... Huh barely anything i didn't even use half an ounce or i used it was actually exactly half an ounce and five gallons just i do wonderful yeah i did because i I took i took basically the same recipe you shared i did three three grams at 45 Mm -hmm. uh this is for a two and a half gallon so six grams for five uh and 14 at 10 that'd be for five gallons again Okay, that's about damn close. Six, Rob, six, are you on? Are you on our Discord channel? Uh, no, I'm not. No. Oh, Alex, drop that link. All right. I gotta. I gotta. We man. like. We like Rob enough. We do. <laughs> cool. He stuck around <laughs> all. A super. <laughs> you, have, you have to be in the meeting for two hours before we invite you. Uh, <laughs> two minutes at this point. So you're gonna, you're gonna have to wait a little bit. Let's see if that link is still working. Right. It's good. We drop a lot of recipes there. A lot of cool competitions. Cool. If, if someone wins, they're always posting their recipe and pictures of the beer. So it's always good to play off of each other and kind of go through that. All right. But hey, but I, I overshot my terminal a little bit because. Tilt is reading 1.005 now. My tilts are never accurate. Yeah. Never. Like, usually within one or two points when I test it. But really? It is also under pressure, so that's doing some things. It's a it's oh, a well. That's interesting because under pressure mine just becomes super fucky. Oh yeah. Yeah, mine's gone under pressure. And it, original gravity, it's usually pretty close. Final I I find myself having, I mean, even like a six or seven point swing on final yeah. is that it's low. I don't know. Mm. So I just, I usually use it for temperature mon, or, uh, monitoring temperature and then kind of knowing what stuff's done. Yeah. I, I stopped taking samples a year ago when I was like, well, I'm always within one to four points. It's close enough. I don't really, uh, I'm not packaging things to sell. I don't need to know what my actual terminal is. Yeah. It's yeah. Close. If it weren't for brewlosophy, I, I wouldn't care at all. Mm-hmm. I was to write an article, or I suppose when I do write an article, maybe I'll do a Belgian article. I think that would yeah, be fun. that'd be cool. It it is a little annoying all the things you have to start caring about when you do an article. Uh, <laughs> I have to figure out how to take a picture of a refractometer through my phone, and that might right. be. I tried to do that once, and I couldn't read anything. I was like, "This is ah." Uh. Honestly, the most annoying part is going from two gallons to eleven. <laughs> <laughs> like ah, oh, crap! I have to start actually storing things in bulk other than uh, a bunch of tiny buckets that's where that extra chest fridge would come in helpful there you yeah, go one day uh imperial east was kind of pimping me to get some more tbc articles going i was talking All to right. Eden yesterday got some more uh we'll get some imperial yeast giveaways going on here pretty soon um but he was asking for more articles they love reading those and they want to start promoting those on oh, channel cool. so Okay. Cool. I, I know Marshall would appreciate that quite a bit. I, I don't, uh, as Will was kind of saying, uh, mm-hmm. maybe uh, it wasn't a good idea for me to 
be out of commission for like three months. Uh, so things have been a little bit on fire in brewlosophy uh, in the virtual office. So a few TBC articles would go a long way. Oh, heck yeah, absolutely. I know, I, I thought Doug was working on one. I thought- Yeah, you know, we've got play. a bunch of almost published. So I, I hope that'll, yeah. All of a sudden we'll I, get one. I owe you one, Haven, because uh, I never wrote the one I was supposed to. Oh, that's but right. Owe you, one. you got the the Hugi or Huga or whatever that yeast is oh, called. Right? Uh, no, it's the Que Bueno. I got Que Bueno. Well, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I, sh I should have used in the Eldorado, like uh, as a dumb nut. I was like, dang it, that was stored in bubble wrapping with with an ice pack in my fridge. Uh, I should have just used that. <laughs> but I didn't have a starter. I wasn't ready for it. I, I could have just done it and set the scene what happened, but I wasn't. I wasn't ready for it at that time. So. Yeah. That's all right. Sort of speaking of which, if we need a uh, imperial imperial yeast to pimp, if Jordan would have. Uh shown up tonight i'm sure he would have been uh pushing for pilgrimage quite a bit is that his, his, his kind yeah, of baby? He, he, he was like really excited that uh it's back as their seasonal and was telling everybody in the brulosophy chat like you need to get this strain it's so good <laughs> and it's so it's just so perfect in a west coast pilsner blah 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 so all right <laughs> what, what's their other seasonal because don't they have two that they normally rotate in they had yeah. Mangostini. I don't know if they do right had just now. Got in today's deal with uh, it, it, it might just be pilgrimage right yeah, now. It's, it's just yeah. pilgrimage right now for the winter, and then they are thinking that um, Hygie or whatever it is is coming back. You because it was so you were right earlier. Yeah, yeah, that one's people loved it so much, and I thought Mangostini was awesome. <clears throat> if that beer oh, really? didn't oxidize, that would have been really great. I was um, trying to find a single damn thing on the internet about mangostini because nobody's written about it there's nothing out there i think steve did an article one article on it and that was it i have i have one coming to me if we want to come up with a clever idea of what i could write about That'd there you go coming, you, so. there's nothing about it so I, I could easily do like a yeast comparison between juice and, and mangostini oh i is think that's that yeah, a similar that strain isn't mangostini the the hybrid of Juice and Loki. I thought it. Is that what uh, it is? No, it's citrus, isn't it? Is it citrus and Loki? Is that? Sorry. I think that's the other one they have, right? Citrus. What would be Even interesting as a article would be to uh, compare something like Mangostini with a dual pitch of uh, the two strains that were used to breed it. Oh, that would be awesome. Pitch. That'd be a cool thing that you guys could do that you know we can't two pouches of mangostini and then a pouch of citrus and loki and another beer what's up you can't pitch two pouches oh uh we're recording and uh we <laughs> 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 let's, let's just say that uh we, we don't do uh yeast comparisons uh on I knew, our I, side I, I, brew brew proper didn't do yeast comparisons that's more a club thing yeah, yeah well the, the, the official reason is that uh it's just too easy, and that should be something for the brew club, but that's not why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the beyonds, the, the authors in training do that. <laughs> yeah. our, our free so I, inbox, right? So that's I was pretty bummed about that, because that's the thing I think is the most neat are our yeast comparisons. but Especially uh, with these, like, uh, oh, yeah. like the Imperialis program, and I, I know all the other labs are doing their own 
like let's take these aspects from these strains and mix them together and come up with a new one right yeah. there to differentiate themselves in that way versus always taking like chico reproducing chico and everyone has a chico strain like chico's right. chico. I think the most diplomatic, truthful way to put it is that Imperial East uh, doesn't want there to be comparisons where people could draw a conclusion that either a yeast is redundant or that uh, one might be better than the other. So. I could see yeast labs getting pissed too if something is being compared to something that's looked at. Right. In the laboratories, I think that would be fine. Right, like if you take two things from Imperial and compared it, to yeah, like, they're they're not. And yeah, we've asked. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why we allow the brew club to write about it. Yeah, that, that's why it's like we're like excited when when you guys do it because Imperial's like, eh, we don't want you to do that. <laughs> but you know, I get it. Uh, but at least if the brew club does something, there's like you know, less reason to believe uh, that. If if a result is not significant, that that there's not something weird going on. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, because yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> it'll be it'll be fun with my it's whatever I ultimately read it because it'll be just the same picture of a pico brew machine doing the same thing a pico brew machine does because that's the only thing I brew on. Right. There'll be some uh, some spicy comments on those, I'm sure. Yeah, and speaking of another thing that you can do as a brew club member too is brew a, a batch size that's irregular. Yeah, that's nice. I don't, I don't like, want ten gallons of any beer sitting on batches next to each other. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, 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 if it's an experiment specifically about batch sizes, it's that's, fine. That's but I do, I do four two and a half gallon batches. Okay. Oh shit! Wow. Do you want to see the rest of my basement that has a bunch of other Pico Brew crap laying around? <laughs> you're going to have a whole freaking... You're going to be able to brew like half a barrel soon. Uh, Daisy I, chain, I, all I, the Pico I Brews. I my 10-gallon barrel because I got... Uh, oh, I, 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 I put in... Uh, oh, shoot. What's it called? It's Omega's Drink the Funk. It's a, oh, it's yeah. a positive the Brett blend. they have. Yep. Uh, the Brett blend, yeah. Um, and I was going to toss it in a 10-gallon barrel and see what happens. Yeah, that I, sounds fun. I have, there's a Where's the Funk in my Solera barrel right now on its third turn. And that thing, I think that's one of the blends I sent you, Alex. I don't remember. I, I couldn't tell you because I don't think the vials you sent were labeled. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have, I, no, I think I sent you two from the Solera. I think okay. that's it. But yeah, though that thing is, I mean, that's got some wicked funk to it right now. And it's yeah. I pulled the the second turn of that barrel and threw it on 10 pounds of blueberries from the garden. And oh my god, it's like a bright purple and it's just it's so delicious. So that that'll get bottled up for the 2024 competitions. I can't can't wait to throw that one out there. It gets pretty sick though. It's okay. got some PDO in it, so it gets really ropey for a while. Um <clears throat> so at yeah. bottling, I usually dose it with a little bit of breath just to help kind of clear that that ropiness up after a few months but it's yeah. it's pretty solid strain but yeah omega's brett blends are just awesome i'll have to think if there's a an experiment i could do with those two tubes <laughs> you sent 
for 18 months down the road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know. Uh, <laughs> you need to create future content, right? That's the problem. It. Luke Bruce. Yeah, you have too much current content. You need future content ideas. Yeah. Well, if it was something where, say, it could sit warm for a while, that wouldn't be a problem. Uh, if it was hogging up keys or space, that would be a pain. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. So I. I've never done. I've never used anything like that though, so I don't know if you store it warm or what the hell you do. I I like to store it. I try to keep it like around seventy, so it's actually by my water. I have a hydronic furnace and a water heater and like a small little room, so I actually keep it in there. Um, actually, it's right. Basement tours for everyone. Basement tours, and it's, it's messy because in the evening we, they were just around our basement. We keep all oh, my yeah. daughter's <laughs> presents in here, so it's kind of dirty. Can you guys see that? Yeah, so, yeah. The yeah okay yeah that's the blending and then the barrel with the third turn Damn. my different uh, you, did you build a cart for your barrel i've always been thinking about doing that i did it, and it's super convenient because that thing sucks to carry and i dropped it once with <laughs> stout in it. <laughs> that, that had to be fun to clean up after uh, it didn't spill actually but oh, i think they stay in nice it all stayed in. The bung stayed in. It just dropped and splashed and sloshed around, and it was just, I don't know, it was kind of a pain in the butt. So, But I am out of here, guys. I got to go print some shipping labels before I head off to bed. It was a pleasure yeah, it's pretty late. Yeah, I got to get going, too. Right. Nice to meet you, Rob. Yeah, thanks for joining yeah, us. Nice to meet you guys. Yeah, thank you. Nice to see you on Discord. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great job with your logger. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for the for the help on that. <laughs> All right. Till next time. You bet. Talk to you guys later.